on our hundredth. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be our hundredth uh, celebration. So we still got one another half a year to I'm go or something that. like that. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna last that long. So let's get to get this shit together. <laughs> I don't know, but it is Tuesday. Show me the money club live today, Tuesdays, six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Uh, first, we are going to bring on our guests. Uh, he is the CEO of MIMO, which we're going to be talking about what MIMO is in just a little bit. Uh, he is Chris Dorsey. We're going to bring him on in just a few moments. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to do our rundown, let you know exactly what's going on. Uh, so we are going to be talking about more negative base fare trips, uh, some negative base rates coming on Uber. What's going on with that, especially uh, when it comes to something that Uber support chat had said. Uh, we are oh. going to be talking about take rates for Uber and Lyft, should you even care about them. Uh, hence today's title. Uh, so should you really care about their take rates? Uh, then we're going to go to lift cancellation rates are up for the passenger. What about drivers? Uh, we're going to be talking about our new segment coming, which kind of ties into MIMO and uh, what Chris is going to be talking about. Not myself, but our guest, Chris. Uh, and we're going to be talking about gig work, gig work towards financial freedom. So that's going to be a really good segment. And we're going to be doing that you know, over the next several weeks, too. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a different thing each and every week. This is kind of the intro into it uh, that we're going to be talking about. The next thing is Uber finding drivers. Ooh, this is something, uh, if you don't know about this yet, you're definitely going to want to watch that. Um, and then we're going to be talking about uh, an Uber driver and their quick thinking, uh, what they helped when it came to a weird situation, what was going on. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about a competition with Uber and Lyft. Could we see something? Uh, when it comes to InDrive, we'll be talking about that, and we're going to end the show on some funnies. So, Sergio, how you doing? Good, partner, good. Um, good. <clears throat> it's eighth or ninth, or I don't know, I lost count now, 10 days of 100-degree temperatures. That's why I'm going to be in that, thing, in that thing back there <laughs> in about an hour and a half. <laughs> That's about it, bro. Nice. It's hot as well. Well, I, I literally got the lake across the street. Tomorrow it's going to be 90. So that that's our height of the, the heat because basically we've got the lake on the other side. So it's not too hot. Uh, it kind of keeps it cooler. Um, so I'm going to take the kids. We're going to go to the beach tomorrow and enjoy uh, during the day, during the hot time. So uh, it'll be nice. So, yeah, I mean, the whole country's baking. So if you are able to uh, uh, be in your car and crank that heat or go into a house or wherever, Cool, something that's just going to be uh, cooling you down. Uh, but be safe out there. Don't be spending too much time out there, uh, especially in like Texas, uh, Phoenix, those areas where it's really hot, 110, 120 degrees. That's just crazy. So, um, <laughs> but either way, uh, let's get into uh, Chris. He is the CEO of MIMO and he is our guest today. So, Chris, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. Hey Chris, awesome. how, are, how are you, man? Um, Chris is the co-founder and CEO of MIMO. Uh, MIMO is going to be our sponsor for the next eight weeks. Um, I think this is extremely timely. So um, yeah. obviously I had a chat with Chris, but I'm going to have him introduce himself and talk a little bit about MIMO, how it started, what they do, and the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks a lot. No, I think it's really, uh, really fortunate timing with the topic you guys are about to talk about for the next few weeks. It's actually uh, completely coincidence, but it's effectively what MIMO is all about. So um, started MIMO back in 2022. My wife is an independent worker. She has an Etsy shop. She's a Beachbody coach. She's also a contract ER nurse. And uh, in my first kind of experience with gig work and the challenges that you have 
like financially is when we went to buy our house and nobody would give her a mortgage. She has an 800 credit score and they wouldn't even put her on our mortgage. And I kind of thought like, that's very odd given, you know, what I know about her, how much money she makes. And so to me, you know, I, my background is actually in finance. And so I started talking to banks and figuring out kind of why they couldn't lend to gig workers and realized very quickly, it's a much harder life to live, to, to be an independent worker, to have individual sources of income that are variable and uh, realized pretty quickly we could actually solve that problem. And so MIMO is actually built exactly for what you described, which is um, we call it the operating system for finance for independent workers. So what that means is today it's, you know, you track all of your income in one place, both your W-2 income and your gig income. Like lots of people have different mixes. It looks very different to everybody. It's all individualized. And so getting that all in one place, so you can actually budget and know how much money you're making and then set goals for yourself. And what we find is a lot of people think they're making a lot more money than they are, or they're not thinking about taxes, they're not thinking about the wear and tear on the car. And so when you say, you know, I'm budgeting off of $1,200 a week, but I'm only making a thousand, well, then it does feel like the money is always running out. And so we help users track all that in one place, set goals, get easily updated about all those things. And then they can get paid in one place. We have kind of, you know, the standard neo-banking capabilities of get paid two days early, all those different things with a debit card and all the other rest of it. But what we really wanted to do is start adding things onto that to help you live a better life. So like we do automatic uh, tax estimates we create a separate account and we'll start withholding your taxes for you. And then as you spend on a debit card, we actually move some of that money back to your checking account when you have deductions, for example. And so to us, it's not about, you know, everyone in Silicon Valley talks about financial literacy and we think it's not about that. It's about financial doing. And so that's our mission is to help our users live a better life and make money a lot easier for people who yeah. do get work. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, financial literacy is something that's really lacking in the gig, uh, gig work community. It really is. You know, we, we do our obviously surveys and, and you know, we talk we talked about it, you know, quite a bit in the past six months about, you know, do you know your costs? What are you doing for it? I mean, a lot of people just think it's just I drive and make money or, or you know, bring in some cash, pay some bills. Right. But then that money is gone at the end. Just like you said, at the end of the month, you're just kind of pinching for pennies and you're just stuck in this, you know, wheel or hamster wheel. Right. Yeah. So it seems like MIMO is like, a, I'm not going to say financial advice, but it's just basically budgeting tool, um, you know, commingle pretty much all the income sources you have because you may have a W-2 and then you also have doing some DoorDash or Uber on the side for a few hundred bucks a week. And those are all important things to just bring everything together and, you know, present you with a bigger picture of what you're doing, right? Yeah, and we see like a lot of our Uber drivers log in every day before they start driving to see how much money they've made that week and then figure out how much they need to drive. And when you have a, a clearly kind of like, when you look at the data we have, um, just the first six weeks after using MIMO, drivers make on average 8% more just because they're starting to understand their income a little better. And then if they set a goal in MIMO, they actually make 12% more on average because it's starting wow. to kind of really be honest with myself and say, this is where I want to be. And if I'm falling short, then I'm going to put in a little bit of extra time or think, drive more intelligently kind of when I'm going to drive and when I'm making the most money. Um, and so again, that's kind of where we've started today in the long run is to say, actually, we see users, a lot of our users setting goals to buy cars. Yeah. How can we help you do that? How can we find partners who can help you do that? Um, because again, my experience was that it's a lot harder to get access to credit or manage your finances when 
one platform pays this day, a different platform pays that day, this platform pays two weeks, this is weekly, this is daily, this is, it's a much more complicated life. And so we're just trying to make that much simpler as a starting point. And then basically ask our users, what are you trying to achieve by doing gig work? Are you trying to save a little bit of extra money for a car purchase? Are you trying to get a house? Are you trying, what are you trying to do? Yeah. And it's on us to figure out how we can help make that possible. Yeah, so you said something that's interesting, actually, like a couple of minutes ago. You said um, users of MIMO, you know, increased their earnings by 8% to 12%. And that's the name of the show, Show Me the Money Club. We're trying to make you more efficient, right? We're trying to make you more, utilize your hours that you're out there and be more efficient in how you can make money. And trust me, as a veteran driver, I know by being more efficient, I can make 10% more money. And then now I have a tool that I can use that kind of guide me to how to become more efficient. To us, it's like really really important at these times because the pay is what it is right you know these companies control it and then if i can knock an extra 10 percent by using a tool that's free to use I, I i'm all for it um yeah a couple of questions that i know they're going to come up and i know you know i will get like probably 50 emails at the end of the show it's like yeah but you know they're collecting our data you know privacy issues right. all these other things right can you a little talk a little bit about that to our audience because uh, i know what the differences are but and then after that we'll get into you know, obviously there's competitors in this in this space, and you know we should talk about how you're differentiating yourself from those as well. But let's first talk about um, the privacy issues that a lot of people are concerned about. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, we we're SOC two compliant. We've got we've been audited and have kind of security as a as a core principle for for our app. But the other core principle for us is that it's your data. These are your goals. This is very personal. Like that's when we talk about differentiation for MIMO. It's about taking whatever kind of financial advice is out there, but applying it to your personal situation. Like it doesn't help to have generic advice about a rainy day fund or how much you should do for this or that. It's actually very bespoke and personal to you. And so, you know, I think as we, if we zoom out and talk about like data and privacy, and I think what people feel like with something like Facebook is they take a bunch of my data and then they make a bunch of money and I don't get anything back in return. Right. Like Facebook's a six, $800 billion company. There's $100 per user of value there. And I don't think I'm getting $100 of value out of it. So they're just kind of milking me for for my data so that they benefit and I don't. And I think that's really where a lot of anger comes up, and, and rightfully so. And so what MIMO is not going to do is take your data and then just spam you with a bunch of ads for things you don't need. Like that's the antithesis of what we're here to do. And I think that's why so many people dislike the Internet today. What we're here to do is say it's your data. This is your goals for how you want to live your life. And then it's our job to figure out how we can help you achieve those goals. And so that may mean, yes, I want to buy a car. And when it's time to buy a car, no bank will underwrite my income, right? Because it's really hard and they don't understand how to project it forward. And so we may need to have a bank partner ready for you who actually understands gig work and is willing to lend to Uber drivers because this is actually an asset-based loan that's going to help you make money. Yeah. That should get um, That should be much easier to underwrite for a bank, but they don't have the data today. And so you can either go pull three years of PDFs from Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and send it to some 23-year-old in New York and have them type them into a spreadsheet. Or you can say, hey, Mimo, can you do this for me and help bring me a mortgage, you know, a car loan instead of at 15, a six. Yeah. And in, in that world, if we're giving you value, we would take some of that, right? But in to the fullest extent possible, we wanted to come out of the bank's pocket, not yours. The banks make enough money. They should pay us for that. And we should deliver you value. And when we're doing that, we'll be compensated. But otherwise, we're not just going to turn around and say, here's a bunch of our users' data. 
and we're going to spam you with a bunch of ads for products you don't need. Like Mint does it. I mean, I don't really like to disparage anybody else, but um, you know, the goal is to say we should create value for our users. And if so, we should be compensating. If we don't, then we should not be out there slinging your data for money. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's great because, you know, that's going to be a concern for a lot of viewers and, and, and watchers of ours. The other thing is, without naming names, obviously, you know, a lot of gig workers these days do know that there are competitors for, for MIMO, right? Yeah. And, and But then I think it's really important that as the CEO, you you know, from the horse's mouth, you tell us the differences, the main differences, because, you know, uh, look, apps are apps. It's just what you make of it. But when yes. there is a different company out there trying to do something different, it's our duty to bring it to you guys. So, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I think... Um... There's incredible companies out there from Solo to Gridwise and um, everyone in between. I think there's a, where there where we see a very clear opportunity in white space is kind of helping you live the life you want to live outside of Uber and Lyft. Like you're going to do the work, you're going to make the money, then what? Like yeah. how is it actually helping you achieve your goals and helping you live the life you want to live? Like you know, for me, very clear. My wife is customer one for my mom. Yeah. Like she's the first person to ever download our app. So this for me is a labor of love. And I think there's there's dignity in work. And so one of the ways we talk about differentiating ourselves with MIMO is understanding kind of emotionally, this is a harder life. It's harder to be an independent worker, but people do it for the freedom, for the flexibility to be their own boss. Like we all had horrible bosses. Yeah. Um, he's not my own boss now. <laughs> and so like we actually call gig workers entrepreneurs because we really truly believe like you've chosen to take control of your life and make a change. And so the question is, you know, nobody's helping people do that today. Like the banks aren't doing it. You know, your yeah. bank is not sitting there going, okay, you're a gig worker. Let me see your income. Let me see if I can help you get access to products that you can't get access to today. And somebody needs to do that. And I think, you know, from like the gig workers I talk to really inspire me is like the guy from Mongolia who moves here and lives just down the street from me. And he drives for Uber and Lyft and has his own kind of, you know, private car service and his wife does DoorDash. And the only thing they wanted to do was move to one of the best school districts in California so the kids can get a leg up, you know, in life after they immigrated to the US. So that's inspirational. But who's helping him make that easier? And the answer is nobody today. So he might use Gridwise to do mileage tracking or Solo to help do income guarantees. And I think that's awesome. And those those are fantastic companies. Yeah. The question is after that, what do you do? Right? Because there's a very personal conversation so i think that's where we kind of pick up where other people leave off yeah i mean i agree i couldn't agree with you more because i think gig workers are probably the most underserved community when it comes to you know freelancers or self-employed people or whatever you want to call it and you know the numbers are growing obviously look you know these companies um are existing on the back of the gig workers and then now you're just going to give them a hand to to get a leg up in, in, with their financial freedom with the true financial freedom it's not the that you turn the app on and go for eight hours a day, make a couple hundred bucks, right? It's right. about what you do with that couple hundred bucks. How do you, how do you make it work for you as opposed to just, you know, oh, look, I made 200 bucks today. Oh, okay, great. What are you going to do tomorrow, right? So, yeah, we see our users asking questions like, what kind of car can I afford with my income, yeah. right? And like, oh, well, who's going to help you with that in, in today's world, right? And that's kind of like we have a really unique opportunity in seeing and understanding how people make money and, what their goals and dreams are. And so we can actually help figure that out for our, for our users. I think what really strikes me is when I see gig workers get mortgages and they go, what'd you do for that? It's like, well, I converted to an LLC, worked for two years, paid myself a salary, 
then got underwritten by the bank. Then I got a mortgage. Then I got a house. And then after all of that, I went back to being a 1099 and dissolved the LLC. It's like, that's insane that you have to go through all of that and your income is effectively the same the whole way through. Like that's a bizarre, uh, you know, incorrect assumption from finance. And I don't think anybody's trying to solve that today. And we, we are. Yeah, I agree with you. And, 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 you know, to your credit, um, you know, space is space could be crowded, but there is a way to differentiate yourself. So give me a little bit about also, you know, I know what MIMO is today, by the way, is, did you come up with MIMO as like, as far as my money, is that what yeah, happened? Right. Is it? Oh, okay. I, did, I was the kind of getting, my most kind of cool, but I guess is it my money? I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, well, it's their money. That's true. So, um, you know, I know what the app is today, obviously, you know, yeah. I'll give it a run for it, for its money. But uh, what's going to be added to the app, right? I mean, what, is, what are the future plans? I know what it is today. And then, yeah. but obviously, you know, the, this, this platform is going to grow, right? Okay. And where is the growth? Where do you see the changes coming in? And what are you going to keep adding to the platform in the future? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things for us, again, is it's not about financial education or literacy. It's actually about financial doing. So, you know, we've actually seen, we launched an AI tax assistant and we actually see people um, asking the tax assistant questions every day about what they can deduct and how they can do this. And then how does it, and the question they're asking now is how does it apply to my personal finances? And so uh, the thing I'm most excited about, everyone's you know, really excited about AI, but the question again is what does it do for me, right? So you can say, hey, what's the most common recommendation from a financial advisor? It's like to have a rainy day fund. Yeah. Well, great, how big should mine be given my expenses and given my income? And then how can I get there in a year to have a rainy day fund? How much of my income should I set aside? Well, we can actually automate that entire process. Not only can we give you the advice based on all the kind of personal financial advices out there, but we can also tell you specifically to your situation how much three months of your income is and then how much and then we can open an account for you and then we can start setting aside five percent of your income so yeah. you get there at the timeline you need to or say if you work an extra ten percent you can get there in six months and so we can actually help go not just from like hey here's a bunch of advice now go do it yourself but actually here's some advice, here's how it applies to you specifically, and then helping you along each step of the way. And so that'll be getting access to credit, like credit cards and credit builders. That'll be saving money, like for goals, which we already do today, but actually helping, you know, do a better job of guiding people to the right answer for their specific unique solution. Yeah, so it's all individualized basis, right? I mean, because everybody's, you know, income is different. Everybody works different hours. Some people work 10 hours a week. Some people work 100 hours a week, right? So it's all going to be different. So it's basically like having your own fingerprint on the MIMO platform, right? You just, right. you know, and, to us, is, I mean, there's nothing more important, you know, Chris, than people having a rainy day fund, because I think I really totally. don't think they understand it. I really don't. And I think this partnership is going to go a long way. Well, I mean, if you can't drive for a couple of weeks or anything like that, like how do you protect your family? Like, because again, everybody wants to build a better yeah. life for their family. I think most anywhere you go in the world, it's the truth, right? I want to build a better life for my family. Yeah. And if you can't drive because you get sick or you get injured, like what do you have that you're sitting on? So that's like everybody would tell you that's first. Like make more than you spend, have a rainy day fund, get out of debt. But there's like a, a step process to get there. But for every person, it's a little unique what that looks like. And so I think. You know, the, the platforms obviously want you to drive more and they want to gamify that and figure out how to make you drive more. And we start from the question of what are your goals? What do you want to achieve? And then how can we help you do that? And that's kind yeah, of how I, agree. 
I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, uh, my partner, Chris, uh, highlighted a question, which is important. Actually, Daniel from your company was in there answered one of the highlighted questions. Um, what are the fees charged for the service? So, um, so thank you, Daniel. Um, so as Daniel said, MIMO is tagged in or attached to Uber, Uber Eats, Lyft, DoorDash, Amazon Flex, Instacart, Rody, pretty much all of the gig apps out there that are worth their soul, right? Yep. So how about this question? What are the fees charged uh, for the services? Yeah, so there are no fees for using MIMO. There's, we think about it again, when we create value, we will get paid for it. And to the greatest extent possible, we want it to come from somebody else's pocket, like yeah. not yours. I think gig workers get nickel and dimed, whether it's the, the daily pay fees or the instant pay fees or, you know, everything. There's so many, even for my wife and, and the platform she uses, there's always monthly fees and nickel and diming. And so the yeah. question is, you know, people get this wrong. You're actually, the banks want to lend. The banks have to lend to be in business. That's their entire business model. Absolutely. And so they should pay us for helping you get a mortgage. Like that's how that should actually work because that's their whole business model. Um, right. And so, you know, to the greatest extent possible, we want that to be the case. There's some products we have on the roadmap that there's kind of nobody doing it today. And so we have kind of a roadmap for a, a pro feature set that would be like, you know, free daily pay every time we can get it right. But we'd have to charge a monthly fee for it. So there is uh, some items on the roadmap that we may charge directly for. But again, we want to get paid when we help you do something in your life financially. And that's kind of generally going to come out of somebody else's pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, I've hit on all the questions I had in my mind. You know, I, I think we're going to have a great time over the next eight weeks, um, yeah. you know, talking about MIMO. I mean, I, I think this is super, super important. And as, as you said, coincidentally, um, you know, we're going to start our, uh, you know, what does your future look like uh, series now? I mean, to us, there's nothing more important than, than the future, right? I mean, you, you're, you're putting the hard work in, might as well get something out of it. If it's knowledge, it's knowledge. If it's budgeting, it's budgeting. If it's, you know, rainy day fun, whatever it is, but we're going to start talking about these things. And I think, you know, you plug all the, all the, all the holes that we probably will have, but, uh, Anything in, in parting? Do you have any last words for our audience and, and future audience? No, I mean, I think the critical thing for us is we're advocates for, for the gig economy, for gig workers. We truly call them entrepreneurs internally. That's our word for our users because we think there's a lot of dignity and work and for people going out there and trying to build the life that they want to live kind of on their own terms. And that's, that's not easy. And again, I think our goal is to be the person you turn to for help when you want to do those things. Yeah, that's where we're aligned as well. Because last week I was wearing a shirt, uh, t-shirt called Gigpreneur, right? Yep. So I'm like, hey. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're advocates here all the way, all the all the way to the end, right? And uh, you guys are too. And you know, I think we'll have a great partnership here. So thank you for showing up. Much appreciated. Thank you for your time. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll be in touch. Um, you know, I will forward a lot of the questions to Daniel or to you. I'm sure you guys, <laughs> yeah. will, come, you guys will answer it. But again, thank you so much. Chris. Thank you. Look forward to it. All right. Have a good one, Chris. Thanks. Have a good one. All right. So that is my mo. If you are looking to download the app, you can use the link in the description. Uh, it is going to be there for you. And as you said, it is free. Uh, so you can use that service and start to actually see what your financial picture truly looks like. Yeah. Uh, take the time to be able to do that because that's one of the biggest things that we talk about. You know, you. We, we always say like, oh, you made uh, $1,200 this week. Well, what did you really make? 
And yeah. that's going to be what you got to take in order to, um, you know, look at all of your different things. So, you know, what is the maintenance? What is the depreciation? What is the taxes? What is everything else that's associated? And then after all of that, how much did you really make? Um, and then on top of that, things like bills and, you know, whatever, you know, extra thing that you want to do or add or put away, um, anything like that, you know, you just want to make sure you know exactly what it is. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's a, a great little service there. And again, uh, free app download in the description. Yes, sir. All right. Now let's move on. Uh, before you talk about gig with it, uh, we are going to do a little giveaway that is right, I believe, already? from Sergio, All right. from Sergio, All right? right? Yes, sir. Money, money, money. No. <laughs> well, no, no. You said you wanted to do a. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Oh, is that we're giving out the shirt? Okay. Um, yeah, we're gonna yeah. do a shirt now. Okay, so whatever I'm wearing today is and is dropped in the um, on the website. It's basically gig with it, the company name, but with all the gig companies out there, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, whatever you guys do, I think it's a pretty cool shirt, and we're gonna give one for free. All you have to do is win it now. Put in. What are we putting in? Hashtag Giggin. Giggin. G-I-G-G-I-N. Giggin. Oh, Hashtag Giggin. And then we're going to uh, do the drawing after the segment. And then you guys will send me your address and your shirt size right. and you'll get it. That's it. Well, yeah. Uh, this is where you can mention Gig with it and, you know, what they're doing there. Uh, so that is our little seg segment. Uh, so everybody has to put in hashtag Giggin right now because we are going to be doing the drawing for the shirt in just two minutes after uh, Sergio's done talking about gig with it, what it is, you know, some of the things that they're doing, uh, especially, you know, these, uh, the fund that they're doing when it comes to uh, per each purchase, um, where that money can go uh, and a couple other things. So uh, yeah. floor's yours for two minutes. Um, yeah. So gig with it is a company. Uh, everything is produced by the way, in the U S super high end materials. You can wash it a million times. It's not going to shrink and, get shriveled. Um, everything is handmade, literally. Um, the link is in the show notes. You use Sergio for a 15% off on top of the launch sale that's going on now. Um, you know, that's it. I mean, I think, and, and most importantly, you know, giving back to the community, the company and myself, we're going to match a dollar from each sale, individual sale, not, you know, 10%, 5%, whatever it is. A dollar each. If we sell a hundred shirts, it's a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks is going to go to the fund or GoFundMe page, or we're going to decide who to go to because we're hearing these things every day, pretty much that this driver got shot, this driver got killed, and we're going to give back to the community by donating that. And it's all going to be transparent, and we're going to put it out publicly who we helped, how much we helped for. So um, that's it. The link is in the show notes. Please go check it out. Sergio for fifteen percent extra off on the items that you purchase at checkout. So that's it. All right. And we are going to give away a shirt right now. Uh, right, so let's do, let's do it. So let's see who is our winner. Salem. Salem Rabadi. All right. Congratulations. You are the winner. So if okay, you'd like... Salem. You email me your physical address, where to ship it to, and your shirt size, t-shirt size. And uh, we'll ship it to you. So that's it. But you have to email me. because I don't know if your YouTube name is the same as your email. You have to email me, Sergio at the rideshareguy.com. Okay? 
there you go. All right. Now, let's move on to our first real segment besides uh, MIMO and gig yeah. with it. Uh, let's talk about the negative base rates that is going on that we highlighted last week. And, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, of course, we're getting more emails on that. Uh, so here are just a few. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we did this. We're going to go through it quickly because we did this already yesterday. But this is how important the community is. Okay. You know, a lot of people say, oh, there's just one. What's the big deal? You know, it happens. It's a glitch. This and that, Chris, right? Mm -hmm. I, I swear to, to you and to God that by the time I finished the show last week, I went back to my email. There were six of these. Okay. Now, out of the six, three were exactly identical to what we had shown an hour before on the show. There was a $40 mm -hmm. sticky surge. Not only Uber did not give the $40 takeaway, and then it became a negative base rate trip. This is the power of the community that we're, we're trying to instill in each one of you. Because if we don't do that, right, and say, hello, something is wrong with this picture, okay? We're not nitpicking here. We're just trying to raise awareness of what's going on. And obviously, people are watching and saying, oh, wait a minute, that happened to me. Well, let me send them some screenshots. And here they are. There's two trips exactly like what we showed, Chris. $40 sticky surge, both in California. And look at the screenshots. It says right there, base is negative five. On the other one, base negative five. Okay, so that means this is happening more than once or twice. As big as we are, our reach is not obviously millions of people. So just in our little community, or five, 6,000, 10,000 people that watch it on replays or live, a few hundred people, right? That means this exists. This is the, the last one, by the way, that, that we showed on the on the program last week was from Massachusetts. This is from California. So if this is happening, and by the way, this is the exact same number, Chris, $40 sticky surge, mm -hmm. comes in at 35 and negative five base pay, right? So that means this is happening. So that means we need to, you know, you guys need to put this on your own social media channels, Reddit. You know, uberpeople.net, wherever you frequent, right? Because we bring it up because this is something happening and we want to stop it before it becomes a trend. And then it becomes unstoppable. It truly does. So there you go. The power of the community. I got these literally an hour after the show ended last week. So that means it's happening. What, what else is there? And, and it shouldn't be. I mean, when there's a $40 sticky surge, it should be $40 sticky. It shouldn't be negative. Well, it should be $40 plus the base fare, yeah. the actual base fare, not not some negative arbitrary number. You know, yeah. that's this is the problem with upfront fares yeah. is that it could be anything it wants to be, whatever the algorithm is going to spit it out at. But if you were back to time and distance, you yeah. would be paid for your time and distance plus whatever surges on top of that. Yeah. Well, here, here they are. And then, <laughs> you know, last week I had, Chris had asked me correctly. He says, what did support say? Did this guy even call? Take it? Obviously, they're taking screenshots. Well, this is all for you, buddy, because we, and I had said it to you, and you said your, your facial expression was like a million bucks. You said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, just like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, here yeah. you are. Go ahead and read it. <laughs> this is all right. So, uh, um, yeah, the person had mentioned in chat saying i had a 40 dollar surge attached to this trip and was only paid 35 so i'm wondering why i was shortchanged more than five dollars for this delivery request when i was promised by uber 
uh, surge of 40. And he's right. It's more than $5 at this case because it's negative five on the base fare, but you should be getting a positive base fare for the time and distance that you're traveling. So yes, it's more than $5 and it could be even more, you know, like $10, $12, maybe even higher, just depending on what it is. So yes, uh, he is a hundred percent right when that is said. So this is Uber supports response. Hi, I'm Anapura or Perna, whatever. Um, don't care from Uber support team. And I'll be taking care of you today or AI bot. We'll just call her AI bot. Uh, we're really sorry to hear about your experience. We know that it can be challenging when you've made an effort to deliver and that you didn't receive your expected fare or your well-deserved fare, um, particularly the surge amount. I'll do my best to address this. Ronald, I know this is not the news you want to receive, but after verifying the details, it seems that this trip isn't eligible for more earnings. This is because for this trip, dynamic pricing was not applicable. So then why would you put it on there saying that you're getting all that surge? This makes no sense. This is absolute bullshit. Uh, For delivery trips, dynamic pricing is applicable if ride-sharing trips are surging in the same area and time as... uh, Hold on. Where is it? Where'd it go? For delivery trips. Where'd the other screenshot go, Serge? On the right, buddy. (laughs) Okay, well, it's the same thing, okay? Um, That that, um, on the right screenshot... You have the dynamic price dynamic pricing is applicable if ride sharing trips are surging in the same area and time as the delivery trip pickup oh, and changes in real time. Although we cannot perfectly predict when and where a surge will occur, we will do our best to share what we know and when we know through the app. Please know that there are still a lot of chances that you'll receive surge offers soon as Uber is growing rapidly in your city. Yeah. Really? We also offer oh. weekly promotions that will help you. Look, here's the, this, this is all extra bullshit. They're, they're just trying to spin spin it by saying, uh, we're not paying you the full fare because of some stupid ass reason. And it makes no sense because the whole thing when it comes to surge is you get your base fare plus whatever the amount surge is. And if you have a sticky surge, it's $40 plus your base fare. Not we're going to uh, reduce whatever it is because we don't feel like paying. That's absolute bullshit on top of bullshit. Had you heard of this before? Because I told you this last week, and I remember this because I, I was sent, but we didn't have time to put it up last week. Have you heard of this? Heard heard of this excuse before? This is, I've never heard of this. One. I've heard all the excuses, never, but not this one. No, I've never heard that one. Yeah, this is a new that one. That one I've never heard. Oh, we're not going to pay you because uh, yeah, the, the surge right has to be surging. That's that's not the point of sticky surge. The point of sticky uh, surge is you get a plus forty or plus whatever it is on your app. For the next trip that comes in, so yeah, I mean that's this is so, this is the exact reason. This is you know here's the problem, sir. You know how the surge virus was going around where you can't see yeah. what the surge is. Yeah. Well, the problem is some coder A said, "Oh, let's let's hide what the surge is, so then you don't know what you're making." Yeah. Coder B said, "Oh, that's a great idea because if you have a high stir- surge coming up." Well, you know what? We'll we'll just uh, we'll do a negative base fare. The problem was Code Array said we're going to roll it out to different parts. We're going to start in Central Florida and and Western Florida, and then it's going to just spread like wildfire to different areas. And then Coder B said, "Oh, we're going to just flat out do it to everybody." So this is what you're seeing. You're seeing the overlaps of everything, where they're going to get rid of what the surge price shows. So you and I and everybody else in chat and everybody else driving 
won't know exactly what the surge edition is because they're going to all roll it up into one little fare. And now they have to come up with some BS excuse because you're supposed to be getting $40 extra. But in fact, you're really only getting 35 with a negative base fare. Yeah. And the correlation between deliveries and rideshare, I'm not sure what that even means. Uh, because clearly on the bottom, it says $40 on your next trip. It doesn't say, by the way, $40 on your next rideshare trip. It doesn't say $40 on your next delivery trip. It just says $40, and there it is. $40 surge, you guy got paid $35. Again, this is not nitpicking. This is happening, meaning... If it, if it happened in Massachusetts, okay, now it's happening in California. I'm pretty sure this is happening everywhere, right? And the fact that the identical thing showed up and drivers are watching and they're getting informed and they're going, you know what? I got to be on my toes now because I saw this on Show Me The Money. Oh, shit, I remember this happened to me last week. Well, there you go. So keep your eyes open. I'm telling you, people, I'm telling you, you guys got to take screenshots now of everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. You know what? I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it. But figure out the easiest way, safest way. Please take screenshots of the incoming ping, getting paid later. Because this shit's happening. I'm telling you. They're shaving it. They're shaving it without with, rec with reckless abandon. They're going like, okay, they're gone. They're gone wild now. Aldo gone wild. They, we shave here. We shave there. You know, we stick it to them five here. Now we're, we used to talk about dinkles and dimesters. Now we're talking fives and tens, dollars. You know, I'm like, yep. wow, how blatant can you be, right? So there yeah. you go. Like, like I said, last week, I want to be a fly on the wall uh, that's in these meetings uh, uh, to say, oh, how, how can we screw drivers even more? Now, Norm, this little comment right here, we're, we're going we're gonna to address this and, and why, you know, you can look at it that way if you want to, but the reality of it is if you're screwing with my money, that's where I'm going to get pissed off at. And yeah, they're screwing with people's money here. So yeah. it doesn't matter how it looks on, on the gravy end of things. It's still that that particular driver and other drivers that are seeing these negative base fares are actually should and should be getting paid more. So yeah. they shouldn't be making 35. They should be making 40 plus. So they should be making, you know, let, let's say it's it's six bucks. They should be making $46, not 35. So again, it's going backwards instead of forwards. And, you know, these surge zones, these extra bonuses on top of it, especially when surge or I'm sorry, when when fares have become lower and lower. And now we don't even really get compensated for some of the time or distance that we may travel because of upfront fares. And they're saying, well, uh, you know, it's what it's quoted at. And, you know, these estimates are off. So, yeah, this is where they're starting to screw again with with time, money, distance and pay. Um, so that's yeah. where I I have the issue. That's where Sergio, I'm sure, has the issue. Yeah, as well. I, I agree with like, Jeff on this 100%. So Jeff, as you know, I love you, man, but you know, you're my man. But on this one, we have to agree to disagree. This is not about complaining. This is not about bitching and moaning. This is not about victim society here, which we don't do, as you know. But what the problem is, is that there has to be at some point, right, some line drawn somewhere, okay? And the line that we need to draw is if you can do this what's next what's going to be the next shoot or drop as i said four times already last week and this week great trip i would have personally done it for 35 didn't say anything more than that however as an independent contractor a contract is created and and if you're not, if you don't honor that contract to me then don't call me an independent contractor because if i'm a plumber come to your house there we have a contract written or verbal in this case whatever the app presents you 
and you shortchange me, what is the independent contractor plumber going to do? They're going to go put a lien on your house because you didn't pay them because you shortchanged them. And we just don't want to blow this out of proportion. But I think it has come to the point that, you know, um, I, 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 there has to be some kind of kind of legal recourse that we can we can do here. We have to because as much as I don't like legislation, I, I, I think this this is the time because these things are just going to get worse. And the last thing, Jeff, I want to look out for my kids because my kids are going to experience this. Even if they go work at McDonald's, one worker is going to get 14 because of some algorithmic wage discrimination bullshit. And my, my the other guy is going to get 17 for doing the same work. We don't want these things. We don't want this to enter the society that we live in. Society already has many problems, as you know, Jeff. So to me, on this one, we have to agree to disagree. So. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, he, then, he, then he followed up with uh, it's $250,000 a year delivering food. Yeah, but how often are you going to get a $40 surge at $35 with that? It's going to be like a one-off couple of times, maybe a year. So let's, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's look yeah. at the reality of things when it comes down to it. I'd love to say you could get $250,000 by doing that. I would love yeah. to take $35 deliveries all the time. I wouldn't time, have a, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem delivering food then at that point. That's but like the Uber reality math. of this situation is that does not happen. Yeah, that's Uber <laughs> math, Jeff. You know that, right? You can't take 35 and extrapolate to 250K. We know that. And perfect is never achievable. We're not after perfect, Jeff. We're after just. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, we know, is never achievable. But we're just after just and justice. I mean, this is this cannot go on. And that's it. So let's move on. All right. Yes. Yeah, so let's move on. Let's talk about the next topic. And that is take rates, Uber yeah. and Lyft take rates. Should we even care about it? I mean, we always talk about, you know, different things like, oh, Uber took 20%, Uber took 60%, Uber took 100%, you know, or, well, you know what I mean? Like, I know it wouldn't add up that way, but, you know, the majority of it, you got paid half, they got paid half. I mean, it's yeah. 50, but you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. So, um, I mean, to me, these are important things to talk about, but um, at some point, drivers have to get off this because these companies, as convoluted and complicated as these earning statements are, and, and as well, you know, the trip receipts and things like that, okay? I am, I, I, you know, <laughs> when I say this, I'm sure I'm going to get bombarded with hate mail, but I think what drivers should pay more attention to on an individual basis, trip basis. Is this a profitable situation for me? You know, again, I'm going to bring Jeff in here because he taught me this. He goes circle of influence, circle of control. Can anybody control Uber's take rate other than Uber? No. Now, there are some things we can do. We can do cherry picking. We can do high search trips, make Uber lose money. I get it. I understand it. Right. And here's an example. Okay. This driver for 27 miles and 50 minutes of work got paid $75.25. Great trip, right? And this is in California, in my backyard, in LA. And he picked them up in Inglewood. It looks like uh, definitely it was after an event. I'm betting it's SoFi or the Forum in Inglewood. And uh, there was a boost. There was an $11 surge. The fare was $61.95. You know, added all that to $75.25. Great trip. Great trip. Now, on the right side, this, he, he took a screenshot. He didn't send it to me from the from from the website, but sent it from the app. In his little 
fuzzy, but you guys will see it. Uber service fee summary. Customer price, $160.99. Okay? All right. Well, um, <laughs> this is the one. This is the part that's going to be the next talking point. Okay? Chris, because um, these commercial insurance rates that they present, I'm telling you people, this is a fact. I know this because I, I got this from very reliable source. I'm not going to say who, but, you know, um, without bringing up her name. Uh, <laughs> um, $160.79 went to California driver benefits for this trip. Commercial insurance and payments were $20 for this 27-mile, 50-minute trip. Now, there used to be a limit on this, Chris, from 0 to 10. Now that 10 barrier is broken in LA because after this, I got 20 more screenshots that the 0 to 10 is broken now. It's now we're wild. Well, I, I, you know, I, can, I can say this probably. Uh, we spoke to Uber, right? Uber swear, swore that everything that's seen on there in the commercial insurance line item that says 20, not a penny of that is going to Uber. Everything is going to the commercial insurance company. However, they did not answer the question, what part of that is marketplace fee? And they said, nope, everything is gone there. Commercial rates have gone through the roof over the last three years. And there's nothing that we're hiding. And when asked, are you messing with this commercial insurance rate number, um, variable number, to make it look like you're not taking as much from the driver as a service fee? They said, no, now it's up to you guys. Do you believe it? You don't believe it. It's your call. A 20 bucks is on this trip. Regulatory city fee is 10 bucks always in LA. Took the earnings out. Even with the $20, right? Uber's service fee was 64.85. Now this clearly indicates to me that passenger paid 160.99, driver made 75. If you look at the take rate that way, right? It's actually 60-40 kind of a split, you know, 60-40, 60% for Uber before the commercial insurance fee. After that, still, if you take that out, you know, um, driver made 75-25 and Uber, Uber take rate on this trip was close to 40%, right? Should you care about this at all on this trip or any trip that you do? I'm going to look, I'm going to start suggesting because they're playing so many games now with these numbers, with these receipts to make it look like their take rate is very low. And that comes definitely with the commercial insurance line item there that you guys see, because on each trip, it's going to be very different. And I'm going to say that in order for us to exist and not go crazy, I think you guys need to pay as little attention as possible what Uber is taking because it's not in your circle of control. This is an amazingly profitable trip for this driver. I would have done this with my eyes closed. And this also proves, Chris, that on the back end, the customer is getting charged with a multiplier, without a question they are. And, oh, yeah. And they got ripped, but they happily paid. And driver came out way ahead. And it's great, great trip. And, you know, customer was happy paying it. And we move on. So my thing, my advice to all of you, now and later is going to be don't get stuck on uber's profitability i'm not saying you not to look at it you're naturally as a human you're going to look at it and get pissed off but they are playing so many games to make that number look lower to you with the service fee 
that was the point of getting pissed off and upset. What I'm saying is you pay attention to your own profitability as much as what Uber is taking. Now, some of you may take this the wrong way, but I think that's the way to go forward and, and keep your sanity. So if you want to keep looking at it and get more pissed off, well, you're more than welcome to look at each trip or once a week, go to your summary, look at all those fees that they're tacking on to make the take rate look low. Then you're not going to believe that anyway. So what's the point of even looking at it? So to me, I think this conversation has to be held within the driver community of, do we really care about Uber's take rate? Because it's not real anyway. It's convoluted. It's Now, to me, Chris, the, the most important thing would be, see that where it says $20 commercial insurance payment, credit card fees, all that's in there, right? Yep. How about a breakdown of that 20 or whatever that line item is, breakdown of that. What part of that is marketplace fee? Because due to that number, the take rate of Ubers is going to be drastically different. If that wasn't 20, that was five, Uber's, ta Uber's take rate would be seven, $80 on this chip. And they, they would have, their service fee hold would have been $80. So how about a breakdown? And we suggested that to Uber, by the way, you know, be transparent. We don't mind you just commingling all this bullshit in there because these commercial rates, it cannot be that I'm paying 20 bucks for a 27 mile, 50 minute trip, bro. It's outrageous, right? So break it down, show the drivers what they want to see, the true take rate, right? But at this point, they're not going to do it. So my advice as a veteran driver and to you all is, please stop looking at this. Please stop getting pissed off because I hear it all the time. Oh, Uber took 70, Uber took 80. Great. That's what they have to do to, to run their business to a point. But by looking at it and not being in control, it's making things get more out of control, right? And we're working on it. We're trying to make them be more transparent and show the total breakdown of the commercial insurance part, the line item. And if they come with it, they're going to come with it. And we're working on it. Trust me, we, we talked to these people last Thursday. And they swore saying that, no, all of that commercial insurance is going to the insurance company. I'm not buying it. I said, I'm not buying it. Look at these screenshots. I'm not buying it. And they go, well, you don't have to buy it. Well, there you go. That's it. Well, one of the things, too, when it comes down to it is I think if you are paying attention to your costs and you are only accepting rides that are going to be profitable for you and make you money, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And, you know, it's just going to help you with your sanity instead of having to look at that and say, oh, well, they made all this money off my back and stuff. Yeah, it's it's going to piss anybody off seeing something like that. But if you watch the news all the time, you know, you're, you're just going to have a bleak outlook on life. And, you know, sometimes you got to turn the TV off turn the news off and just kind of like go out and enjoy what's around and you know you're in a much better mood i think something like that if you focus on what you're doing to make yourself profitable i think the rest of it can kind of go in in the back burner and you don't really have to worry about it it's just a little bit less stress that you have to worry about it's a little bit less anger that you have to to subject yourself to and you know it could potentially make rideshare a little bit more fun or food delivery or whatever it is so that's my opinion as well, too, when it comes down to um, paying attention to, you know, the take rate. You could look at it every single ride and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. This one's 56 percent. This one's 72 percent. This one's 4 percent. Oh, they lost money on this one. Um, but, you know, some of the things that I see in the comments, I think we should have the ability to have commercial insurance. And then I think we should have the ability to opt in or opt out of Uber and Lyft's commercial insurance and then have the ability to 
keep that money in essence. If they want to charge that particular fee to the driver, or I mean to the passenger, that should go to the driver who's carrying the commercial insurance. The other side of the coin is if you have your own commercial insurance, overall, it's actually going to be cheaper because if Uber and Lyft and these other companies are truly paying the commercial insurance and continuing to get dropped from different areas or different companies, um, you know, because there's so many accidents, and all this stuff, rates are rising. Um, a lot of these things are happening. Uh, then it's going to help it become lower overall because you're carrying your own commercial insurance and then they can just recoup that in whatever the driver, or I'm sorry, whatever the passenger is paying. And, you know, then it becomes even better. So that $20, well, that goes back in your pocket then because that's what, what you have for your commercial insurance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a really important subject. We're going to keep talking about this because we are in, in touch with this company. And, you know, at some point, I mean, I, I, I have to look, you know, you get, my, my main concern is for you guys all out there, us drivers be profitable. We, we will probably have to run through that one more time, you know, your profitability matrix and on, on future shows and discuss those things. But other than pissing you off and cussing Uber out or Lyft out, what is this accomplishing, right? Every, after each trip, look at it, look at it, look at it. And I am, I am, you know, I don't believe this company for a single second of what they're saying, that all of that line item is going to the insurance company. I'm not buying that at all. Okay. I know marketplace fee is in there because I'm a passenger. When I price a trip for myself going somewhere, the marketplace fee fluctuates between $3 and $10 so wildly for the same trip that that's in there. I know it's in there, but they're not saying it. I go, okay, then I go. Break it down. Why don't you break commercial insurance line item down? There is not much on that receipt for you not to break it down. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, it's gone to the insurance company. There's nothing to break down. And I'm not buying that. I am not. And and to me, look, we're going to keep working on it. But that's why I'm not saying give up on it. Look, look, at least how about this? You know, <laughs> this is like trading stocks. You can look at the your whole board of stocks. There'll be one red in the upper right-hand corner. And your eye will constantly will be going there taking all mm -hmm. your positive energy from all the, you could have 50 stocks there. One would be red, 49 would be green, but red will, will take precedence for you. No, you have 49 that are doing well, right? Yeah. This is the same thing. Well, there, you know, <laughs> Jeff's got another comment and th this one I'm going to agree with. Uh, I said, so Uber charged 160 and driver got 75. Seems like an easy conversion to a private client, uh, but no easier to cry about it. And yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's easier to, to, to talk about it and say, oh, they took so much out of that. Um, but you know, the smart people can say, Hey, you know, you're getting charged 160, um, from Uber, you know, I could do this for a hundred bucks or something like that as a private client, um, which you could potentially do. That's another option as well, too. Um, just make sure you have the, the correct insurances for that, which is your commercial insurance. Uh, so just make sure you are covered that way. And if you need any other, uh, additional, um, you know, anything when it comes to your particular area. Uh, to be able to give personal rides or private rides, make sure you do follow that, please. Because if you don't, uh, you can really get screwed. Uh, so just make sure you know all of the laws that pertain to private rides uh, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I got to agree with that. And then yeah, going I... back to, to what you said, you know, it reminds me of this one story. There was a teacher who wrote, you know, 10, 10 lines and said uh, one plus nine, um, or I, I think it was like one times nine, two times nine, three times nine, and went all the way down. 
And then the last one was like nine times nine. Instead of putting 81, they put um, like nine or something. So it was nine were right and one was wrong. And the class was like laughing because the teacher made a mistake. It's like, well, you're laughing at one mistake, but nine were right. So it's kind of the same exact thing what you were yeah. you were mentioning, just in different different yeah, contexts. I mean, it, takes, it takes so much energy to just you know get yourself sucked into this you know vortex of Uber take rate. I mean, look, you cannot control it. They're gonna try trying to be profitable. They're gonna do what they're gonna do. So Rene Wolf Sergio at the rightshareguy.com. Um, my email. We can discuss it of the why you don't agree with me. So there's this is a sample statement. Okay. This, this is the, you, all of us gets this every Monday and you get the email saying, here's your weekly statement. They can look at it. Okay. I'll just look at it. And I'm like, okay. So Uber on this week, according to Uber again, right? They lost $297 and 45 cents. Okay. Because of whatever reason you guys want to put there. Okay. And to me, yes, if they are definitely effing around with, the commercial insurance line item, they're definitely squeezing marketplace fee in there. I cannot prove it. If I prove it, then I can take them to, to God knows where, right? So on the right-hand side is the Lyft screenshot. You know, great week for that driver, um, you know? And Lyft is also coming up with these with this ridiculous, ridiculous, look at this. I mean, yeah, they do it so ridiculous that it's just your drivers are, have no choice but get pissed off, man, okay? Look at this, okay? Driver earnings were 1270, tip was good, 204, adjustments, probably bonus or uh, other streaks or whatever. Passenger payments, 1743, driver earnings. Look at the third party insurance and expenses where it says $1,208.89. Taxes and- And that's, that's just for 33 rides. Yeah, Lyft <laughs> lost $864 on this. So is this really? Correct. I, we're going to find out. And I'm just kind of going that the more you look at this, the more you shake your head and you don't want to drive and, you, you know, you don't want to get out there and be profitable. I'm like, I'm not buying it. If anybody's buying this, great. I don't think we've spent 1206 So what they're doing is they're running double books. One book is for you guys, for the drivers, and one book is for Wall Street. I bet you. The, wall, the book that they're running for Wall Street looks quite different than this. I don't think on this driver, Lyft lost $864. What do you think, Chris? I don't think so, but... I mean, but I you mean, have to believe yeah. Huh? You have to believe I mean, I, I think what they're, they're, they might be doing is the and expenses part is where they can mess around with some numbers. So it's like, okay, well, Lyft Inc. Corp. A is getting this expense and then Lyft itself is like incurring the loss or something. So it's really just going one hand feeding the other. Yeah. Um, that That's the only thing I, I think of. I mean, for 33 rides, to have $1,200 in insurance and expenses is, it, it doesn't right. even seem right. Yeah, so that's it. So, you know, send me the emails, let it, let it rip people. <laughs> Speaking of an email. Yeah. Um, so this was an email uh, sent out to me. And then, you know, this is all commingled into the subject, right? Check your weekly statements carefully. This is from a viewer. He goes, uh, I said, here's one for you. I received a statement attached and I noticed that I have a deduction called post-trip adjustments. 
I read this is supposed to be in the four, you know, the four, four asterisk asterisk section, by the way, is the section with commercial insurance rates. Okay. And I contacted Uber support for an explanation. The first person I spoke to took four times for partially to be able to understand what I was asking, of course. <laughs> And then when her answer was nowhere near the answer I should have received, I asked that incident me escalated. Okay. I simply wanted to know where or on why $17 was being deducted from my account based upon post-ride cleanup and other possible incidents that a rider reported. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably you got some cleanup fee. Somebody puked in your car and then they're taking the money away. How, with what evidence, whatever, I don't know. So my car is a 2022 Honda and it's spotless. I get several comments a day. I certainly did not drive 30 miles out of someone's way that would incite a $17 fee deduction. The supervisor just reached out to me repeating that on the statement and did not leave any other details. No one at Uber support could give me, oh, of course not, because they're not gonna, I mean, you're just a little pebble in the ocean, if you are even that. See attached, love the show on YouTube. Okay, so here's the, okay, again, here's the statement, right? I am urging everybody, please, you want to talk take rates, you want to look at it, don't look at it, no problem, okay? Do as you choose, but at least once a week, look at your statement, because these things are there, hidden. And this is your money, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. Your money, you need to be in charge of your money. And if there is a $17 deduction, it's going to have to show on your statement. Please, once a week on Mondays, go and look at it. And here it is, Uber's, you know, where it says Uber service fee, weekly Uber service fees right there, clearly. On the last one that we showed, it was negative. On this one, it's positive. Okay, great. My point is, please, this is your money. Be in charge of your money. Look at it. Look at your weekly statements. Don't look at individual trips. There's individual trips. Oh, 50% on this, 40% on this, 80% on this, 20% on this, Uber lost money on this, is going to drive you nuts. But look mm -hmm. at this. This definitely you should look at every Monday. As soon as you get the email, click, look at your weekly statements. If there is any discrepancies, that's the only way you're going to catch it. So this is efficiency for you. you got to be in charge of your own money. So that's it. Oh, yeah. All right, so wrapping that up, let's go to our next one, talking about lift cancellation rates, uh, what's going on there. So that's yeah. an interesting uh, little thing that you had sent me earlier. Yeah, I, uh, lift cancellation rates on the left screenshot. Um, lift has raised the cancellation rate for the passenger to $6.50 now. Okay, don't get this stuff at me. I have nothing to do with it. Um, so if you, as a passenger, if you cancel after two minutes, um, Lyft will ding you for 650. Okay. Now I've gotten so many emails this week saying that they're not paying cancellation fees. And we did a popular video last week about the share trips. Chris, you don't know how many emails I got right after the show. Oh, I have 20 of these. I have five of these. I have 10 of these. All we did is just talk about it for 10 minutes and the whole world came at me saying that, oh, I'm glad <laughs> you talked about it because I see this is all about raising awareness, talking to your community. So Lyft is 650 for the passenger. How much is a regular lift standard cancellation fee if you get it because you know their gps is not working most of the time with the, at the pin two bucks right you wait five minutes with lift okay now there, there's a clock after two minutes they're paying you like a dime i think for each minute that you're waiting wait fee and after five minutes you have to call with lift unlike uber you have to call the passenger and get your cancellation fee right 
650 versus 2. Now, what is Lyft doing to get the 650? And what am I doing to get just 2 out of the 650? This is one thing that we also have to raise with, with Lyft people. And this gentleman says, you know, um, uh, Ganavaram from Lyft comes back to the driver and says, thank you for contacting Lyft support. After reviewing this, I can see that you are not on track to arrive within the estimated arrival time. Huh? <laughs> Do you get that? I don't get that. Okay. No. So as it, because on the Lyft app, you AI bot, until I get there, I cannot click arrive. I can only override it if I want to override it with my GPS getting stuck or something. And it gives you a whole bunch of excuses why you want to click arrive without the two pins, your pin and the passenger pin being really close. Okay. So how does this even make sense as an excuse for a cancellation for two bucks? These should be all automatic. If I'm canceling, man, you should send me my two bucks because you just collected 650. We're, we're, uh, we are only able to charge the rider a cancellation fee if you're on track to arrive. Well, we talked about that last week and we did a great popular video with Joe, our guy in Chicago, how they're shaving time. Well, with this gamification now, we may never get a cancellation fee again, Chris. Seriously. I mean, because mm -hmm. I'm not on track with your arrival ETA to arrive there to get a cancellation fee. This is ridiculous now. And then it says, we understand there may be circumstances that make reaching a rider's pickup location difficult. If there are circumstances preventing you from driving towards riders, we recommend logging out of the driver mode until you are able to do so. What does this have anything god dang to do with getting my two lousy dollars out of the 650? I don't know. Yep. And, and you know you know what I, I really find amazing here is is look at the terminology and the wording that they put in the email about the cancellation receipt. We noticed the ca you canceled a ride recently. To compensate drivers for their time, we charge a cancellation fee when you cancel after a ride has been accepted and your driver has started driving towards your pickup location. Yeah. So that makes it seem like all of that money is going to the driver, doesn't that? It, it doesn't seem like they're collecting anything uh, for themselves. The it seems like it's going all... Yeah. If I was the passenger on this trip and I read that, which I read it because you just ding me for 650 for not showing up, right? I go, shit, that driver canceled on me, took my 650. Not knowing that only two bucks went to 650. Literally, I could have driven five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes towards that passenger. On one hand, they're playing the game of, well, you're, you weren't close to cancel. I'm like, well, I, I, how is that possible? And on the left side, they're telling the customer, oh, by the way, we have to pay the driver for their efforts to come to you. I'm like, mm -hmm. lying to the passengers, lying to the driver. <laughs> yeah. For two bucks, bro. You know what this should I be? Like, I like, Rick, I like Rick's comment. You should give me my two bucks. That's it. And move on. Yeah, I, yeah, I like I like Rick, Rick's comment. Lift double speak. It's exactly yeah. what it is. Oh. <laughs> I mean. It's it's like to the point that you're taking 650. Why aren't you happy with 650? And here's 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 this driver. But I was gonna put that up, and these emails came in, and here they are. The pin is right on top of the guy. Okay, this one uh, is a trip that he was. This this gentleman was already on a trip. Okay, he got stacked. Right, he got the next trip. Right, before he could even finish the existing trip. The other passenger canceled, but it was more than two minutes away. Look at the timing, right? 12.18, 12.22. If it's more than two minutes, right, for the passenger, passengers are going to get dinged for 6.50. Except that Lyft says 
The passenger canceled this ride. However, it wasn't eligible for a cancellation fee. There goes another 650 in their pocket, nothing in my pocket. Okay. It mm-hmm. says rides like this one don't affect your acceptance rate. I don't even care about my acceptance. I care about my two bucks because that's justifiably mine. So this is the other part now that keep charging the pass- passenger 650, 650, 650, 650, and then they're nickel and diming you to pay the two. And most most cases they're not going to give you two. And here you go. You were in an active ride when it was canceled so you were paid for the total time and distance until that ride ended that has nothing to do with somebody else ordering a ride you're stacking me with it and not paying for the cancellation fee that's more now going to their pocket 650 650 you know the other one there's one more i think i sent you um when it comes to this cancellation subject no that was it was that it okay so so when you go to uh, the passenger people, you know, we, Chris and I talked about this trick, right? You know, they, you have to call the passenger, right? Uh, when the clock is up, you know, all you have to do, yep. you know, just call on not even that half a ring, quarter of a ring, you hang up because then this lift system picks up as you call, then there comes your cancellation fee. But they're playing it's this ba- game It's actually that- basically, you don't even need the ring. Basically, when you hit the button yeah. uh, on on the app itself, it it triggers it saying okay you hit the call so you can hang up right away if you need to yeah and and and, you know you you know this should not even be a subject the drivers are driving they should not be concerned with this with two dollars because they drove no first of all again going back to to the comments that they're saying that double speak you know they make it seem like being 650 why would it have to why, why would they be getting anything at that point sure they can get the two dollars. We get the four fifty. I'll be okay with at least that. Anything yeah. lower than that, now, now we should be um, getting a problem with because again, yeah. this is where you know the drivers are going, wasting their time and money to go pick up somebody who's just going to cancel. I agree. I mean, I think, I think uh, when you're double dipping, it's a dangerous game to play, and I, I think they're at the border of being reasonably. Uh, crooked i mean seriously 650 to the passenger what did you do to get the 650 lift literally what did you do nothing <laughs> what did i do uh, i was driving to the passenger to get to pick him up and mm-hmm. t- two minutes goes by in two minutes i could have driven at least a mile i mean probably i don't know five four minutes three minutes maybe what happened to that time so time obviously we talked about it time is of no essence to any of these apps so, yep. uh, you know, uh, yeah, I should get, the, you know, 75% of the cancellation fee and you should get 25%, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that one should definitely be that. And it shouldn't be one of these things. Oh, um, well, you're, you're not going on that ride or you're already going on a ride. And so the second ride that's stacked, um, no, no, this is all games that they're playing again. So this is where they got to kind of get past that and stop that because again that's where it's not the nickel and diming now now you're dollar dollaring so you know two dollars here two dollars there you know 650 here because you're on a stacked ride or something like that another reason why you should be turning off stop new requests when it comes to being on uber and lyft because then it's going to take you technically offline even though not really um and then just go online when you're ready to be there because then otherwise you won't you just won't be in this position so um, yeah, that that's definitely another reason to do that there. So, yep. yeah. 
All right. So uh, we did have our new sponsor, MIMO, on uh, with Chris earlier. So if you just came in and missed that, uh, go back, check that out, especially when it comes to the app. Uh, but we want to give a special shout out to MIMO, and uh, we want to talk about that real quick. So if you're looking to level up your financial game, let me introduce you to MIMO, your ultimate financial companion. MIMO is the mobile mobile app designed for self-employment workers like you. It brings all your income sources together, effortlessly tracks your earnings across all your gigs. Uh, but that's not all. MIMO helps you hit your financial goals by automatically tracking your progress, helping you stay motivated and earn more step or more every step of the way. MIMO users who set the goal also app or <laughs> sorry, uh, MIMO users who set a goal to make the app uh, within the app make 12% more than users who don't, which means you can get to your goal faster. And when it comes to taxes, MIMO has you covered. Uh, get free tax estimates as you earn so you always know what you owe and when you save serious money on expensive accountant uh, fees. So you can even get answers to important tax questions for free instantly with the MIMO built-in AI accountant. Uh, click the link in the description for more information and download the app. Yeah, man, do it. I think I think it's a fantastic app. I really do. Um, it's very timely. So I just got done saying we shouldn't be concerned about what they're charging the writer. That's on a trip, Joe Driver. It's on a trip. Uh, That's apple, not when it comes to, apples. to apples to apples, bro. Come on now, get your shit together. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So I think. Uh, this is a subject that that needs to be looked into. Uh, honestly, drivers are driving 10 hour shift at the end of the day. They shouldn't even be dealing with lift bots, all these excuses, different excuses. Just pay the guy the two bucks, two bucks, man. You can't even buy a pack of gum for two bucks. And, you know, I know cancellations are rare, maybe, maybe 10, 20 percent of your day. But it's two, two bucks, four bucks. I want to spend half hour minimum hitting my head to your AI bot. Why? Just give me the toolbox. You charge six fifty already. Why be so greedy and keep all the six fifty for yourself? Come on now. Let's let's just not even do this. So. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move into our next new segment that we want to bring up, and that is, yeah. you know, I I, th I think uh, Chris when he was on earlier kind of kind of hit it. You know, you do your gig work, then what? Um, so I think that's kind of kind of like the segment that we're going to go into is, you know, the then what that we want to talk about. Um, you know, you do your gig work, you, you learn the practices, you go out there, you make your money and try putting in new practices, new strategies, try to make some more money and different things like that. But what about after the fact? What about when you're not gigging or, you know, when you're working towards something? Uh, right. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about going into during this next segment that we're going to be talking about, you know, every show for the foreseeable future uh, when it comes to it, just to give you guys a little bit more um, when it comes to it, besides just gig work or, you know, Uber, Lyft, whatever it might be. So, yeah, so, um, you know, we're going to start this by giving you the numbers as usual. Um, look, you know, gig work is not forever. Some of us do it 10 hours a week. Some of us do it 100 hours a week. Uh, between multiple apps, the point is, you know, you know, flexibility and freedom does not come without financial freedom. So the only way you can achieve financial freedom is what are you doing with the gig money that's coming in every Tuesday hitting your account or if you do cash outs, okay? So the gig economy boom is over, according to the insider. 
Um, and as workers go back to traditional jobs, Bank of America says, I, you know what? I agree. Um, the boom is over. The boom that we experienced during the pandemic, especially for deliveries, last mile delivery, grocery, food, whatever items there are. Yeah. Ride share is still there, but um, there's, there's many more drivers on the road than there, there were before because. Yeah. It's not like when everything reopened and there was the huge ride share boom at that point. Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, in fact, I interviewed, uh, one of our viewers and it's going to be on the channel under behind the wheel series. He quit his gig work. He did gig work for four years. He quit, went back to an HW two. So I know a lot of the people who do gig work do it for freedom and flexibility, but then what I want to hit on, and I need your help with this, whoever's watching this now or later, however many thousand there are, I need some interaction. I need some ideas from you guys. What should we talk about, right? I mean, we know what we're going to bring up, but I want to make this totally interactive. Why are you doing gig work? What is your plan B? Do you have a plan B? When you go home, do you do a budget, weekly, daily, you know, goals that you set for yourself? How much of this are you saving for true financial freedom, which is you got to have money in the bank. So people may not be interested in uh, gig opportunities they were a year ago, granted. Per economist Anna Zhu, B of A, the reversal is partly because of weaker consumer demand for some services. Agree. Doordashers are, are crying. You know, there are a million gig tubers out there saying, oh, I'm not making many money, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, it's supply and demand, my man. There are many of you out there. And you guys thought when the pandemic ended, everything was going to continue. It's not going to continue. But this could also be due to attractive wage growth in traditional jobs per report and zoo. By the way, you know, solidarity to our UPS brothers who are drivers. A top UPS driver with seniority is getting up to $49 an hour now. And, you know, a lot of people tell me, go get a real job. No, driving is a fucking real job, sir, whoever you people are out there. And, the, you know, with union solidarity, I know a lot of you are against unions and all that stuff. But without union negotiations, nothing, just not, none of this would have happened. And they got themselves a nice raise going forward all the way to 2027. Okay. And they looked out for the part-time brothers of theirs and they got a raise. So, so you being stuck in this flexibility and freedom, I'm not buying it. Okay. That's, that doesn't pay the bills. You know, at the end of the month, go tell your landlord this month, I'm going to pay you with my flexibility and freedom. Is that okay for you? I'm like, no, that's not going to work. So my thing is I want to, I want ideas from you guys, what you guys want to talk about yourselves, right? And we'll do the first couple on us. We'll talk about retirement. We'll talk about investing. Again, none of this investment advice, but I'm reasonably knowledgeable about these things. So we're going to start there. Um, But please send me your email. Send me your request. What do you want to talk about? Okay. And we're going to make this part really interactive. We're going to bring you guys on the show starting, you know, next week and uh, talk about all these things. So gig work may be dead. It could be dead. Okay. And this is another headline that caught my eye. A decline in self-employed uh, gig economy could be pulling more workers into payroll jobs. There is nothing shameful about payroll jobs, period. Okay. And maybe if enough people go back to regular payroll jobs, W-2s, then oversaturation may be over, but we'll see. While also increasing the unemployment rate. Okay. Um, and Friday's jobs report, you know, jobs reports coming out. I mean, look, unemployment is in the whole historically all-time low, 36 or 3.9%, which is crazy, right? There are plenty of jobs out there. Why do you continue doing gig work? 
right? We want to talk about it. all these issues. Why are you stuck in this rut? If you're not making money other than complaining, why do you continue doing this? Don't do it. I'm, t- I'm telling you, we're a right share channel. We're telling you guys not to do it. Okay. And if you're making money, if you know your numbers, if you're saving for your future, retirement, all these things, continue. But if you're doing it bully nilly just to pay a couple of bills and then six months later you have nothing to show for it with a broken car and a broken back, don't do it. Go get a W2. And I think that's the right advice that we can give you guys. Yep. So email me. Well, sir, get the right share one one other thing besides going over those two those two articles saying that the uh, the gig boom is done and it's pushing more drivers into payroll jobs again for W2. Uh, there is a silver lining there, and that means the oversaturation uh, could be easing up a little bit, which means you know supply and demand could be equaling out a little bit better. Uh, so for drivers who are out there making money or trying to make money, and you know been trying to over and over, and you know there's too many drivers on the road or oversaturation or you know app A, B, C, and D are slow. Um, this could be a silver lining for you where less drivers are going to be on the road because maybe they're going back to jobs. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely going to be this this good balance uh, that'll hopefully yeah. come very soon, uh, especially, you know, as we start going into the fall time in a couple of months and things pick up. I think that's going to be a, a good silver lining for some drivers out there. Yeah. And, you know, we want to talk about this. We really do. We want to make a special segment, 10, 15 minutes every week, bring some of you on. What are your personal plan B's? You teach us, we teach you. You know, I bet you most of you don't even know that you can, you know, um, save money towards your retirement with a lot of different retirement plans, right? 401ks, IRAs, SEP IRAs, things like that. We're all going to talk about this. And, you know, again, not financial advice, but you guys should do it because you are capable of doing it. Just because you're an independent contractor, 1099 contract worker, doesn't mean, you know, you cannot do it, you know? Financial literacy is something we're going to try to attempt to, to talk about quite a, you know, once, a, at least once a week. And um, yep. so please bring us your ideas, what you guys want to talk about. And uh, hey, you know, I think it'll be a good segment. Yeah, especially if you know your costs, which you should already. We've talked about that on figuring out your costs when it comes to what it takes for you to make money on a profitable ride, uh, what it is, you know, per mile. Uh, so you can take a look at the right offer coming in and see if it is going to be worth it for you or not to take. Uh, and then, you know, just being able to use that money for creating a plan B or what else you could potentially do. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely going to be hopefully uh, educational, or at least it helps you be able to look at things in a little bit different of a light um, to try to, you know, help with your financial situation. So instead of you know, trying to have to worry about maybe a bill that needs to be paid, uh, maybe the due date's coming up and you're not sure how much uh, you're going to be able to put away for that. Um, you know, hopefully that will, you know, kind of soften those types of things so you can start building some sort of nest egg or anything like that. Uh, another reason why our sponsor, MIMO, is, you know, something that can be good because it has the financial planning help in there um, so you can actually take a look at things and be a little bit more, um, you know, open about what your currently making and you know your expenses and you can see it broken down a little bit better um, and have an honest honest conversation it's not going to be a comfortable conversation for a lot of people uh, but it's something that all people should be um, having conversation with when it comes to themselves we don't want to know your financial picture we're not looking at that we just want to help give you that information so you can have that conversation with yourself Uh, and like i said for some people it's going to be a very hard conversation 
but at the end of it, it's a good conversation to have with yourself because at the other side, um, when you see what's going on, you can make those decisions that's going to help you be in a financial position that's going to be better than what it is today. Uh, and then okay, don't, you know, add, you... don't ask me where stock tips, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> tips are only at the horse races. They're not here. <laughs> you yeah. know, I get that a lot. Oh, what is, what is it? Can you give me a tip? I'm like, no, we're not at the horse races. So I'm not going to do that because we're not allowed to do it. I would love to, but we can't. Even on a private email, I can't. But <clears throat> I really think um, something that we really, really need to talk about is retirement. Because a lot, look, a lot of these gig workers, Chris, they're in their 50s, 60s, you know, the older crowd, the young crowd is doing it just to pay bills, whatever, survive, hustling. The older crowd is doing it, you know, and maybe they're, even if you're on, uh, you know, Medicare, if you're, you're retiring, if you're collecting Social Security, they're still doing it just not to be bored in, at, at the house, but also they could do many, many different things, you know, add to their, you know, financial uh, freedom and, and their future. So life is not over because you're 65 and a lot of people are doing it because, they're, you know, they're bored to do it. They're about to get on Social Security. And look, you need to save for your retirement. U.S. Social Security system is not going to be there. If you're 30 years old now in 30 years, it ain't going to be there. It's going broke, just like everything else. OK, the reality reality check so to me i think it's going to be a great segment interactive please send me your ideas what you guys want to talk about i'll research it and we'll come up and talk about it well not only that uh i, I want to go back to what you said well the, the 20 25 year old may be doing this and just trying to pay bills the problem is that's all they're doing they're just trying to pay yeah. bills and they're not putting anything else away you know even even 50 60 years old uh you know i mean we don't know your a person's financial picture outlook or anything like that what they're doing um but if you're just doing this to pay your bills and you're not really making anything extra you know that's where that's where the conversation is going to be much harder for yourself um to do because you know you want to be able to have more um so you can put away a little bit more and then again if you're 2025 20, you shouldn't be just paying bills and that's yeah. it you got to put away more so then you have that retirement when it comes to that time. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to be working from the time that you're uh, 20, 25 right now until you're dying. Um, and that's not something well, that, that anybody wants. Well. Everybody wants some sort of retirement, some sort of nest egg. And, yeah. uh, you know, there, there's there's definitely ways to do it um, and doing it right, doing it differently. There's a lot of different ways. So uh, that's going to be up to you, your financial plan, your financial picture, your financial goal, um, you know, what you're doing now, what you're doing in the future, what you've been doing. Uh, there's a lot of different things there. I agree. So, yeah, look out for that segment halfway through the show probably every week. And uh, I think it's important. I think we need to be realistic and talk about it and work All towards right. it. All right. Yep. And to start that off, let's give away some money. Wow. So enter hashtag pay, hashtag pay Easy. in the chat right now. Easy. And, uh, you know, we're going to do our next segment and then we will uh, uh, draw the winner. So if you want to win some money, make sure you okay. do that hashtag P-A-Y. Salam Abadi won the shirt. So email me on that one, uh, the gig with it shirt that I'm wearing. It's not going to be the one I'm wearing. It's going to be the same thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope it's not the one you're wearing because and if it is, I hope you at least wash <laughs> it before you send it out. All right. Hashtag pay. Let's go, people. Free money. Uh, 25 bucks. All right. Next one. All right. Let's, yeah, let's get into this uh, Uber finding drivers. Yeah, this was sent to me by a friend from Florida. This has not hit my screen yet, but I'm... I haven't seen this either. 
Yeah, this, this but, is real. You know, um, this, hey, hey, what happens in Florida tends to spread to the rest of the country. So this exactly. is the same thing with the surge, and now yeah. they're talking about finding drivers for breaking yes. a reservation. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, they so, on reserve. You know, I we I like I like Uber reservations. They pay better than Uber X trips uh, on demand trips yep. anyway. So you know, this is from his app, and he was like hot and bothered with it. Vinny, if you're here, much love. If you're not here, I'm sure you'll catch it later. Um, he sent it to me from Florida, and then he goes, you'll need to be online an hour before the trip. It used to be 40 minutes, not an hour, unless it changed, new, I don't know. Um, you'll always arrive on time, so we'll give you trips going towards your, you know, uh, pickup spot. Reservation policy, be, only at line and at, be online at least an hour before pickup and to arrive on time. Okay, I got you. I got you, Uber. Here's the policy. Please go online at least one hour before pickup. And if you need to cancel, do so at least one hour before pickup. So how is this going to work? Like I go online one hour before pickup, but I have to cancel one hour before pickup? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Well, I, th I think it's more like if you accept it, you know, and it's like 18 hours out, you okay. can accept it. And then if something happens, you yeah. can go and cancel that particular one. Yeah. And then it says, otherwise, you, you, not the, not the passenger, you, the driver. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always, this was my dream, Chris. One day we'll have to pay these apps to drive for them. <laughs> well, this is starting. <laughs> this is it right here. So it says you uh, will be charged a $10 reserve out of reserve out of policy fee and lose access to reservations after two violations. So meaning if you book the trip for yourself on a, a reserve trip for the next day, Twice, if you cancel with less than an hour to go, basically you log on and after that you cannot cancel. If you cancel twice, they're going to charge you a $10 fee and you're going to lose access to all reservations going forward. Like bad boy, go to the corner kind of a thing. So no, you're going to reservation jail, bro. <laughs> reservation jail for, for life. This is like a no parole. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is an overall situation well what, and, what happens if every driver in that particular market goes into reservation jail are they going to start letting some people back out <laughs> i don't know yeah so we're going to pay uber to do this now uh, and if the rider cancels less than an hour before you'll receive a cancellation fee unless you're estimated to arrive later than the pickup time you agreed to see this is they're playing this game now remember on the cancellation with lyft Oh, your arrival time was later than that. That's why you're not entitled to the cancellation fee. So on this one, you know, because Uber sets a DF for you towards the desk, towards your pickup for um, an additional destination filter, I call it DF, for them to find hopefully possibly some trips going towards that direction. So you're getting paid. You're not dead miling to the pickup, which never happens. But let's say it does. So the passenger, but now you have the hour thing, and the reserve out of policy fee will be deducted from your earnings after two violations. Okay, so you guys have two, actually one, get out of jail free card. If you do it once, you're not going to get dinged by ten bucks. But if you do it twice, you're going to not only get dinged ten bucks, you're going to lose access to reservation policy altogether. And on this one, as you guys can see, the boxes you have to agree to this. Click the box and submit. So I don't know if you submitted or not, but hey. So there we go. Now we got to pay. <laughs> we got we to pay. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not getting this. They're on a, they're on a roll, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
So what do you what do you think about that one? <laughs> if if you don't, uh, I I mean I can understand like if there's there's issues. I, I'm wondering if that's the case. I, I want to give Uber the benefit of the doubt here when it comes to that. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the case. Um, I mean when it comes to reservation rides, it you know it, there's always that issue of of the time usually getting there you know 20 minutes earlier or so and then just sitting and waiting and yeah. all that so. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I just hope it's, it's drivers aren't dinged for this. Um, and I hope this isn't something that's going to continue spreading all over the place. So, um, you know, Florida, Florida, stop your shit. <laughs> yeah, Florida, yeah, they're just hammering Florida with the fake surge. Now the all no more dollar signs on the surge, gray cloud. Oh, just Florida's getting it every which way possible. So that's okay. Man, it's, it's a hurricane down there. Hurricane from Uber. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's go to our giveaway hashtag pay because you got to pay if you're not on within an hour and going to that destination where you want to pick up your rider. <laughs> so it's pay to play now, pay to play. So let's get a winner who can uh, get some money at least. I just because so you be can two cancellation, <laughs> two and a half cancellation fees right there. <laughs> yeah, but you we zoom. Congratulations, oh we God. zoom. We zoom. <laughs> Email me, we Zoom, 25 bucks coming your way. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations. All right. Um, yeah, let's go. So what else we got? We got. All right. So we want to talk about a driver who is, you know, using their head, being smart. And, you know, this I was reading through the email that you sent me, um, yeah. which we're going to go over in just a minute. Uh, and <laughs> I started reading this and I'm like, you know, this is this is something that you got to pay attention to all the time, and this is something that I've paid attention to and happened to me as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll share my story after um, this email of what had happened. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's something where you just always want to be paying attention to your surroundings, what's going on. Uh, let me take this part. banner off because we're not doing hashtag pay anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Next one coming up. Though. Um, so um this is good old joe his video is up doing really nicely about uh, time and mileage shaving uh, from chicago um you want to read this one bud yeah, sure yeah so it says uh one more safety issue i got for drivers to be made aware of uh, we really need to be aware of what's going on around us absolutely a head on a swivel <laughs> and just pay, take note of what's going on and what's around um i had a lift pickup for a female passenger as i got to the restaurant she was on the sidewalk talking to a guy walked off as she got in i didn't clock it at first but there was a bmw suv in front of me with his blinkers on um so yeah, i mean he did notice it that's why uh he put it in the email uh but anyway she gets in pull u-turn because she was going in the other direction it's a lovely night and we're driving with the windows down and about a minute into the trip the bmw pulls up next to you or next to the driver at the light and calls out to her by name asking if she's all right she responds to the guy she's fine and he pulls away it was weird but he knew her name so i assumed he was a friend or someone she knew and had been at dinner with her on the way to the expressway i noticed that we were jockey that we jockeyed positions sometimes i was in front other times he was didn't think much of it because it was the only way uh, to the closest on ramp Finally, I realized something weird was going on after getting on the expressway, and he stayed right behind me the whole way. I was going the speed limit while everyone else was speeding. As I pull onto the exit ramp near her destination, he again follows. At this point, I ask her if she knows the guy 
or if he knows where she lives. She says no to both. So red flag. Uh, he noticed that and talked to the passenger, communicated a smart move there when it comes to what's going on, um, letting them know. And then I immediately start thinking about what I need to do to get away from him. Unfortunately, I hit a red light and there were people in the crosswalk. I see him get out of the car and think something bad is going to happen. The only thing I could think of was putting the car in reverse and getting ready to hit him. Uh, fortunately, all he does is hand her a piece of paper through the window. I guess the creep just wanted to give the number. Um, definitely very creepy when it comes to it. Uh, before he got back to his car, the light changed and I took off as fast as the Prius could go. Uh, made a few quick turns to get out of the line of sight and lose him. When I realized I lost him, lost him, I continued to her destination and talked to her briefly. Uh, she was shaken, creeped out by the whole thing. She said uh, she thinks the guy was listening to her through the argument that they were having uh, with her boyfriend. Uh, the guy who walked away uh, when the guy who walked away when uh, the person went to pick her up was the boyfriend. Uh, so he must have heard the name, offered to wait for her to get inside. She said, yes, thank you, and wished her well and hurried toward the door. And thought, I could be a suspect if something happens to her. Uh, so he pulled a U-turn so the dash cam, the display ride dash cam, could record her safely getting into her house. The next day, he saved all the dash cam footage for when uh, they picked her up to when they got home at the end of the night, thinking of an alibi. Uh, and combine or and also comb through the footage of the ride itself. Got a screenshot of the guy's license plate just in case. As drivers, we're not only having to worry about traffic, dangerous passengers, Uber and Lyft shaving our fares, but now complete weirdos following our passengers. And that is absolutely true. You need to pay attention to that stuff. So um, my story was where I went to a bad part of the town, uh, east side of Buffalo, probably about one, two at night. Um, areas where it's really known for drug trafficking, um, drug deals and stuff like that. And, um, so I went to go pick somebody up there and there was a car that was sitting up front and then that car started following me after I was leaving. Um, how I noticed what was going on, um, there was a red light and I said, Hey, look, it looks like there's a car following us, um, and went through the red light. So uh, they knew what was going on, and that car continued to follow us all the way through. Um, we were going to the casino nearby, so we continued on, um, but hit a red light, and the car, there was somebody that came out up to the side. This was in my blind spot, so I didn't see that. This was what I looked at when I was looking at the dash cam footage. Um, but yeah, he guy came up to the side, um, looked into the person who was sitting in the passenger seat, and then realized whoever it was wasn't them, and then got back in the car and took off. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have a three-channel dash camera at that time, uh, only two channels, so that was the interior and exterior facing in the front. Um, but that's a good thing for a third channel, just saying, so you, if you get the license plate or something like that happens, um, like this particular driver had, um, he was able to comb through because that particular person went in front of them. Um, so yeah, it's just something that you always wanna pay attention to. Uh, no matter where you are, you know, just take note of what's going on, um, especially when it comes to something like that. So a uh, smart driver right there when it came to seeing what was going on, noticing that there was a BMW, then that they, that BMW was following them. Very creepy position um, and everything that was going on. So hopefully that girl uh, is okay and not weirded out, but uh, good job for the driver doing that. 
yeah. attention. You know, that's, that's our Joe, and he has a display, right? And this is the time to talk a little bit about dash cams. I'm telling you, if you if you don't have a dash cam, you should not be ride sharing. Seriously, I don't care if you're driving in Beverly Hills every single day. Um, nor Jeff, come on, Jeff. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. You know, on that one, we did appreciate it, Jeff. My gig with it hat and shirt yesterday, great quality. You know, <laughs> <you're>, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you the autograph in person. Many, many great topics. There's some free advice channels. Yeah, I agree. You know, Jeff is Jeff is a good mentor to the show and to me. You know, on certain things we disagree, but uh, you know, what is life without disagreement? So yep. seriously, like uh, um, you guys, uh, if you're doing ride share without a dash cam, you're a fool. Okay, there you go. That's in my piece. I don't know what else. <laughs> yeah, to no. I mean, no matter what, you need a dash camera. I, actually, I, I mean, beyond just rideshare, beyond food delivery, you should have a dash cam that's on and running. You know, all the time, especially in the event of accidents. You know, people hit and runs. You hear about that. Um, you know, fraud, insurance fraud. Um, that's more a bigger thing in other countries than the U.S. Uh, yeah. You know, think places like Russia where people make it look like you hit them. Uh, and then take like video of it and stuff like that to make it look like you hit them. But in fact, you really didn't. Um, yeah. If you have a dash cam rolling, uh, you know, it kind of alleviates all of that stuff because you have the proof that they're coming out trying to commit fraud. Uh, so there's a lot of different reasons why you should have a dash camera, not just ride share or anything yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, display ride is great for many different reasons, including having cloud uh, backup and all that stuff. So in the event something happens, an accident, and you know it gets flung from the car or damaged, if somebody tries grabbing the dash camera, throwing it out the the window or anything like that, you're going to have all of that footage. Uh, and people who are doing that, too bad, so sad, they're caught on t on video. Um, that's obviously the biggest thing. Um, and then there's several other reasons. Uh, but yeah, one of the big things too, if you want a dash camera and you want the display ride. Uh, it's $25 a month normally, but with RSG 20, you can get it down to $20 a month. So you're going to save 20% off. Uh, and that's also tax deductible because it is a business expense. Uh, so make sure you save those receipts. Uh, and it's just peace of mind. You know, it's quality. You're getting a camera for free. Uh, you're getting the service. You're getting all the upload. You know, that's over LTE network, uh, 4G LTE. Uh, so all of that data, it's not going through your cell phone. It's going through uh, Display Ride. You're essentially getting a phone number for your camera um so all of that data goes through that particular number it's not tied so um you know all of that's included within that that 20 dollars a month so uh, it's definitely great to have yeah and lastly on display right uh, as far as service is concerned seriously their support is amazing in fact i had a driver who got one in la and in la as we know they parked their car outside and it was like 110 degrees in the car before they even got in the car and you know the sticky uh, part uh, didn't hold on the window uh, for some reason and they immediately got them extra adhesive tape they got them an extra bracket so they're really really amazing in in getting back to you guys but uh, yeah please 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 get a um display ride or get a dash cam i'm mean, seriously but preferably this is 20 bucks is well well spent um couple of questions can you buy a shirt yeah it's in the show notes the link is in the show notes use sergio for 15 percent off uh, yes, I have, Tony. Um, in fact, it's in LA. If you do a certain amount of trips, you get a boost level. You know, I think a driver that I saw got up to 150% boost level, level two or level three. Um, I think you know, look, Lyft is doing a lot of decent things. Seriously, they are. 
And you know, there were a lot of news that broke yesterday and today. In fact, I had to argue with a journalist today uh, about some boneheaded article that they wrote um, <laughs> saying that, you know, the headline, I'll give you the headline, Chris. Passengers are getting lower fares because David Richard laid off a thousand people. <laughs> I'm like, boo hoo, boo hoo, boo Yeah, the guy's doing the right thing. What do you want? He's cutting heads. He's trying to make the company profitable. Get out of the hole that he's in. I just see. Well, here's here's the thing. Again, how hard does rideshare have to be to make sure the app works? You pick the drive. You pick the passenger up. You drop the passenger off. You make sure that the rider is getting to where they need to go. The apps are working on both ends, and you yeah. you, you collect the money from that. Yeah, man. Yeah. So anyway, but you don't uh, have to put in all these these games that that Uber likes to play. Oh, we no, got to have no. like two thousand different tests running all at the same time. Ah, look at look at Jeff timing. <laughs> How good is this guy's timing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of the devil. Well, I mean, I guess that's the perfect segue into our next topic. Yeah. And, and <laughs> believe me, Jeff, Jeff does not know our lineup. So, uh, so boom, there is a competitor to Uber and Lyft. They launched in uh, Florida again. Yeah. What is the deal with Florida, bro? <laughs> I don't know. They get the good, they get the bad, they get the new, they get the old, they get the, they all get it first. I don't know. I think maybe maybe just the cost of entry is a little bit easier there, or you know, there's oh, less uh, less sticky tape that they have to cut when it comes down to it. Hey, uh, there's there's a lot of things. They have a corporate friendly culture down there. So um, so InDrive is the new company, right? Your company. That uh, uh, this company, by the way, is taking doing really well globally. Its um, founder is a Russian gentleman. Um, they're all in like Kazakhstan and, and Middle East, and they're in a lot of different countries. And they have a very, very, very interesting system, completely unorthodox when it comes to the US for sure, right? And it's first of its kind. and. Adam Warner, who is the head of U.S. operations, is going to be our guest on the 15th of August, unless David Richard decides to come on on the 15th of August. So, sorry, but, then you're getting booted. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Adam. But, you know, but we're going to try to have work it out with you guys. Um, so Adam Warner is going to be on the 15th. He's booked. He's going to tell us all about it. But I'm going to talk to you guys a couple of minutes about this company. Now, this company, the way they do things is... Um, they allow the the driver bid on the trip. So let's give this example. Let's say I'm sitting in my house. I want to go 10 miles out. It's going to take me 20 minutes, right? And then, um, you know, uh, it, I log on to the app as a passenger, okay? It tells me, it shows me all the bids that the drivers are putting in to the system. Like one driver may put in 20 bucks, one driver may put in 25, one driver may put in 30. I don't know. Whatever you want to put in. It's your call. There is no rate card. There is no upfront algorithm. There is no gamification. You're on your own boss. If you bid too high, you're not going to get the trip. Now, the only concern with this is when Uber did this, you know, during AB5 times, Chris, it was like Hunger Games. Everybody would underbid each other and ultimately somebody would end up doing the trip. Hopefully, it's not going to be like this, right? And they want to look. This company is well funded. It's better funded than any other writer company that has showed up in the U.S. So they have tons of money, okay? And they're going to expand in the U.S. Now I have questions for Adam Warner, which I'm going to save, or maybe I'll tell them now. Um, 
is this company, um, does it have a TNC license? Does it offer period three insurance? Because the drivers are bidding for the trips. It's not like the, the company is an agent that they, you know, they're putting me and the, the passenger together, right? Now, and the passenger has a choice to accept or decline trips, okay? Like the price, obviously they're gonna choose to get picked up fastest and for the cheapest way. It's almost like a, you know, auction system that's going on. Don't worry, the company says that the average ordering a trip takes anywhere between 30 to 45 seconds. So it's not like this constant give and take an hour later, you're still haggling with your driver. It's not like that at all. Okay. <laughs> now questions remain, right? Because what do we know with the competition in the ride share business is difficult. It really is difficult. Um, but these people are well-funded and they want to grow in the U.S. With this new system and for one year they usually take 10 percent commission from drivers chris usually that's their way of making money um, but for one year uh, during the sign up they're going to allow the drivers to keep everything that they make okay 100 percent of the fares so this kind of is like a rides you know or rid rides version like where, where the driver keeps the whole fare right but not only that, but now you can bid for the trip. Like you can literally call your own price now, right? So you can say, okay, this is, I'm going to do a 10 mile half hour trip. I want 25 bucks. And you keep the 25. It's all on you, obviously, just a car is, you know, you're an independent contractor, you're naming your price. So this looks like more like the independent, independent contractor model that I'm thinking of, right? But again, we're going to mm -hmm. talk to Adam Warner without too much talking about it. You know, all these companies' problem is not getting the drivers because drivers' discontent or dissatisfaction is so high with the rideshare companies that they should be getting a lot, all the drivers that they can probably. It's how you well, market. Not the only passengers. that, you get if you have a third person come into town and you just do rideshare or, you know, even if you're doing rideshare and food delivery, you're going to sign up for another app just because you can position yourself to get more rides or yeah. to get more payment. So, I mean, yeah, it just makes sense that more are just going to sign up naturally. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it's a very interesting system. Is it for the U S I don't know. We'll have Adam Warner explain that. I'll ask him those questions. Um, you know, do people in this day and age have enough patience to go back and forth for 30 seconds with the drivers in the area, you know, to get the best deal for themselves. So ultimately it's going to be this bidding system back and forth for about 30 to 45 seconds, according to InDrive. It's not going to take this, but then around the world, they're growing like wildfire. People are taken to it. Customers are happier about it. Drivers are happier about it, making more money. So we're going to find out, you know, we're going to, in a couple of weeks. But if you're in Florida, go sign up. Give me a heads up. Let me see what this thing is like. Are you making money? You know, how's the bidding system working? You know, we'll find out. They're doing great around the globe. I mean, seriously, Africa, Middle East, you know, Asia, they're doing amazing. They're really growing. So we'll see. Hey, maybe this is it. This is the answer to Uber and Lyft. All right. Well, that'd be cool. I'd yeah. love to have a third uh, competitor, big competitor around. Yeah, Mike Smith. Hey, okay. No, uh, Jeff, you're in Florida. Mike, you're in Florida. I know a bunch of people are in Florida in the chat. Go sign up. Must have, you know, test the, test the waters and let me know as a driver, which I care about. I mean, I'm sure Adam is going to come on and do the whole spiel and whatever. But uh, find the good, find the pros, find the cons, and keep us posted. So, Yep. Love to know. 
Yeah. All right. So let's do let's do another giveaway. All right. Enter enter hashtag SMTMC. You know, you know it. You love it. Um, so enter hashtag SMTMC for your chance to win twenty five bucks. Let's go. Free money. All right. So we've got uh, a couple of tweets from uh, Sergio going on. All right. So for all of you who say, oh, we don't do anything, this and that, I'm telling you this. Here's the deal. These are my tweets from this past week, actually weekend. And Chris knows this. But then remember the, the shaving that happened, $40 surge, but then the guy got it for 35 We even talked about this negative base fare trips, right? Right? Yep. Last week. There goes yep. the blast to Twitter land. Here are the screenshots. Followed up with the driver. He was denied the fare adjustment. We will put up the Uber support answer next week, which we did today. They said that it had to be surging the same on ride share and delivery for you get extra surge, which I have never heard of before. Neither has Chris. So Uber support next week on SMTMC live stream podcast. Who is it? Who is it directed to? Who is it directed to people? Look at it. FTC and Lena Khan, the chair of FTC. Okay. So I, I'm telling you, I ain't just going to just go sit here because this, this, this is irritating me now. And then another tweet is upfront fares algo is raging, manipulating base fares to shave surge, boost quest, dollar EV promos, negative base rates are here. Our tips now being rolled into the upfront fare, which was the subject we talked about in the video, got 20,000 views in a day or some crazy number. And there goes Lena Khan again, FTC. And on the bottom of it, you can see where my tag is, is to the FTC itself. So I'm trying. So what I want you guys to do is, you know, get a social media Twitter account, blast it, copy and paste this exact same thing. You don't even have to be creative. Copy and paste or retweet this with those tags. Because look, this has gone too far. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So I'm I'm trying to wake them up. I know FTC is like a, you know, like a thousand pound gorilla that doesn't move too fast. But hey, and they, I'm doing it. You know, nobody's going to stop me from doing it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see if there's anything coming from I'll that. Just, uh, I'll keep doing it. <laughs> But let's uh, let's let's go on. We talked about this topic uh, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks ago or something. At this point, this is, is the it? yeah the electric flying car. <laughs> no, this is a new one. This is a new. Oh, one. this is a new one. Oh, okay. This is a new well, one. We, I mean, we, 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 is, we initially thought thing. about it or talked you about know, a different you know, I wouldn't one. So. Put the same thing up. You know that this is a new one. Look at this gizmo, bro. Can you see? Okay, on the left screenshot, can you guys see it? The wings and shit. But from the top-down view, do you guys see all those motors? All the, you know, all the motors. Yeah, it's like it's a quad, right? It's a quad quad captor, quad captor. You like this one, Chris? Hey, it's it's just a big giant version of my drone, (laughs) (laughs) with a human in it. And then on the video, we can play the video. But this, the the CEO, the company actually made this hover in a in a garage or in a. like a airplane uh, hangar, okay? So Doroni now, airspace, 195,000 Dorona H1 flying electric car has made its first manned flight. The CEO was flying that one, on that one. You know, here's what we know. Although the Dorani H1 is positioned as a car, can you imagine seeing one of these things behind you on the freeway? 
It looks like a you know, I, here's the thing. I would like it to look like a normal car on on the actual road itself. So if it's coming up or behind, like, or if I'm coming up to it or it's behind me or something, I look and it's like, oh, that's cool. There's one of those cars behind me. And then all of a sudden it just takes off and lifts up and just flies away. Yeah. So this thing hovers and then it says the pilot was Doron Merdinger, which is comes, I guess, Doron. He comes from his first name, Doron or Doron. Um, Founder and CEO of Doroni Aerospace. Um, the, <laughs> the test took place in a hangar. Okay, I was right on that one. The H1 climbed to a low altitude, made several maneuvers, and successfully made a soft landing. The flying electric vehicle can reach speeds of up to 225 kilometers, which is about 160 miles, and has a range of 100 kilometers, which is about... Uh, 80 miles, miles. 75 miles, something in that range. The H-1 is a light sport aircraft, according to the Federal Aviation Administration classification, which means it does not require, look, Chris, you can do this. Uh, it doesn't require a pilot's right. license, buddy. I, I need you to get one of these and, and see what happens. Uh, well, first of all, Dor Doroni, if, you, if you're watching, um, why don't you send a prototype to me? I will gladly... <laughs> try it out i don't I, i'll i'll try it out i don't have to keep it i just want to try it out and um see, uh, i will take the, i will take the 15 hour course uh, that's fine with me but here's the thing when it comes I, i'm going to tell you this when drones first hit the market there was a, a frenzy of what was going on because it was an airspace yeah. and you know you, you the the faa has has many different designations for airspace whether it's class a b c d um e G, whatever airspace it is. So um, there's a lot of different airspaces around. And, you know, drones can fly up to 400 feet above the ground level. So not above uh, uh, MSL, which is, you know, sea level, but above ground yeah. level. Or if you're within 400 feet of a building or a mountain or a structure, uh, you can go 400 feet above that. So, you know, a close building that could be like, let's say 500 feet, uh, you can fly 900 feet if you're within 400 feet of that building. So there's there's designation, and that's in drones. When it comes to you know commercial airlines, you're flying at 18,000 feet or higher unless you're in you know one of the airspace rings around an airport. Now, when it comes to these flying cars, and when it comes to drones that are going to be delivery drones, they're going to have to come up with these whole classifications where yeah. what altitude they're allowed in how they're going to be able to drive and fly around. Um, so right now they're saying, oh, yes, it only needs a 15-hour course. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, there's going to be a lot more regulation that's going to have to come into, into play here. So it might yeah. sound really nice to begin with, but when it comes down to it, they're going to have a huge regulation. Uh, and, and unless it's something where you can punch in the coordinates and the coordinates where it's going to go, um and take off and do its own thing uh i, I the driver is going to have to get I, some sort of license for it for yeah, sure i agree with you i agree with you 100 because i don't think this should be human human driven <laughs> especially the flying part it should be all automatic autopilot some sort of shit. because look all i want to do okay so i'm on the 405 stuck going to lax whoever's in la you know this at 6 a.m the damn thing is a parking lot it takes me two and a half hours to get 30 miles okay so all I want to do, I know where the traffic always bundles up. There's a bottleneck on the freeway. So all I want to do is take off, go past a mile and a half and land and then keep going. That's it. That's all I want to use this thing for. 
I don't want to fly. I don't want to do any of this stuff. But if it's if this can do that, I'm in line. I take it. I mean, it looks very cool though from the top down look. Oh yeah. You know, with the motor, I, I mean, really that cool. would be cool. I, I love flying my drone around. I'd love to be able to take yeah. take one of these things and, and fly myself around. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but the problem, yeah. I mean, again, the problem is, is that it's so unregulated at this point that the FAA would have to, they would have, you know, just like part 107 is for, for UAS, um, which is uh, drone flying. Um <laughs> They were, okay. and and then you you also have hobbyist drones, which is is a whole nother category, um, yeah. when it comes down to the rules, regulations, and all that. So there, yeah. there's a lot to it, and th this you're adding a person into it, and then yeah. you're not just adding yourself into it, but what about all the other possible flying cars that are going on around? What about yeah. all the possible flying drones that are delivery drones that are you know oh, yeah. recreational oh, drones yeah. that are you know <laughs> different drones, um, you know part 107 clearance drones, uh, and then also. You know, other fly flight, um, like this one is a uh, um, uh, what you call it, uh, light sport aircraft, um, where you don't need that. Um, there are other light sport aircrafts that are around. Then you have other aircrafts on top of that. So you know, this is a a big thing that they're going to have to maneuver around. Um, so it might seem right now, yes, you only need a 15-hour course, but as these come out, I will guarantee you the FAA will redo everything when it comes to um, these types of vehicles and what's allowed, so. what's not allowed. Um, but like I said, if you want to keep it as a very easy thing, I think the easiest thing would be something like um, punching in coordinates and it would then, you know, remote ID is something that's coming for drones um, in September, I think September, October at this point right now, probably going to be pushed out, who knows. Um, but either way, remote ID basically is something that that transmits the location of the drone and the pilot to the FAA um, and, and other areas that are, you know, <laughs> trying to look into it. So law enforcement stuff. So this, I could see something where they could use something like that and use the coordinates by punching it in. And then the, the car itself would just take off, fly where it's going and then drop. <laughs> look at all these geniuses <laughs> on, the, on the chat, bro. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't know. What do I know? Ask Mr. Doroni. I'll make sure I'll have him on the show as well, like in drive. You know, I don't know. Honestly, honestly, f uh, here, here's my question. Would, and this is for chat too, besides Sergio. Would you take this or would, would you fly in one of these? Would you get one of these if you, ha if you had the actual ability to? Or maybe they, they're like, hey, we no. like the show. Here's one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would I, you? I don't know. Uh, uh, not at this moment. No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would. No, not until a couple of knuckleheads have died in this. Maybe after that. <laughs> well, if, as long as they got an ejectocito, I'm okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> just Sorry. go beep. I'd be okay with that. But, uh, right. I mean, just, just in the last few years, what drones themselves were compared to what they are now, I mean, they're, they're so much different. Uh, even I mean, even like I have the Mini 3 Pro, and that has, you know, so much functionality <laughs> built into it where – it, you can actually just press a couple of buttons and it will fly itself around doing its own thing. Um, so I, I don't see this being that much different from doing something like that. But yeah, not imagine doing this yeah. like right. Yeah. Imagine doing this in like for rideshare. <laughs> hey, we're gonna pick you up. Hey, uh, all of a sudden you look at it and they're like, "Oh, stuck in traffic," and then you just take off, go there, and then land. They're like, "Holy shit." <laughs> Look at all Would this abuse Mr. Tips? Doroni is getting, bro. Look at all this abuse Mr. Doroni is getting. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, I, I, 
you know, we're, it, it, it's out of the control now, I think, you know, between the autom <laughs> autonomous vehicles, flying cars, <laughs> it's out of control. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, the, uh, the AVs, the AVs, I don't, I don't, mm -mm. I, I, I don't like them. I don't think they're, <laughs> you know, like I said, we'll, we'll unicorn them and just stop them. Just throw a cone on them. You're good to go. Actually, funny story. I have four cones coming tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're not a, for that purpose, but <laughs> you're a drone specialist. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. You know, we'll try to get this guy on too. Um, you know, we had one last week. I think two weeks ago, and we had one now. They're competing. They're getting orders, by the way. You know, it's yeah. per order. You can get on their website and order one for 150 bucks or something. I'm like, hey, go for it. Oh, I, I like Mike's comment. Uh, not for rideshare, but imagine for private rides. Imagine the rates you could charge then. <laughs> well, yeah, but here, here's yeah, the thing: if you're right now, that, yeah. <laughs> if you're only getting sixty miles though on on a good charge, and that's like that's test charging, or I mean that's test flights. That's not going to be real world. Like you, some of these drone, like um, what is it? The the Air Three that just came out today. There, I think it's advertised at forty two minutes for flight time. The reality of it is you're probably going to get, you know, at best 90%. So, you know, if you get 60 miles, you're probably going to get uh, at best, um, you know, 90%. And that's at best. That's not if you're, you're acting crazy and trying to go full throttle or something like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it might not be as, as good as you think it could be. Thank you, Sally. Much appreciated. We're, we're, we're doing a lot. We really are. Um, we only say it when we when it's finalized, but uh, you know we don't all have to agree on what we're trying to do. But uh, we're always looking out for the driver. So thank you, much love. All right, let's. I uh, yeah. <laughs> I had to put this, Chris. Okay, <laughs> so uh, we put this Uber Lube um, a few months ago, maybe three months ago, but it was not in spray for spray format. Now it's oh, no, 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 no. That was Uber Lube. Yeah. But the thing is, they said, you know what? It costs too much. So we're just going to dry dog it. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the, <laughs> that's what's happening with those negative base fares. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, okay, this, this, to my wife's uh, opposition, but my son's full approval. <laughs> Guess who this little guy is on the right? Who's fourteen now? Is five foot five. That's my that's son. Your Aiden. little one. That's my son, Aiden, <laughs> and that's him. Well, you know, I wish I could get those bays back with his freaking afro. Look at this. Look at that hair, bro. <laughs> and that is his finger, by the way. So just like Daddy, Apple don't fall far from the tree. Oh, and, don't worry. My know, daughter's five and doing that sometimes. Yeah, yeah this is Uber, <laughs> Lyft, DoorDash, all of you guys right there. That's my son flipping you off. Okay, here you go. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put this one up. And then, uh, yeah, Uber Lube uh, is in spray form. Please go get it now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, next one uh, is the money. Let's give him some money. Yeah, so we're going to give away the money. Hold on one second. Let me pull up that screen. All right. Those who uh, luckily entered hashtag SMTMC into the chat. Congratulations. You have a chance at winning right now. 25 bucks. Let's see who is our winner. Dun, 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 dun. They need to put some sort of music in this just to do it. 
Tio, congratulations. You are the winner. Good job. Okay, Got Mateo Fernando, uh, email me, otherwise no money. Um, <laughs> and you want that money. Ah, uh, Stephen, you were just under the wire, buddy. This is what happens when you don't log on. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we're done, right? Yeah, we're done. Okay, so <laughs> uh, homework for all of you. Please email me. Your ideas. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about when it comes to your finances, your retirement, your extra cash you're putting on the side, plan B, whatever you guys want to talk about. We're going to do a segment about that. We're going to talk about true financial freedom for you guys. And we're going to try to not financial advice, but, you know, talk about it, guide you guys, read the law, explain it, what you got, your rights are as independent contractors. Email Sergio at the and then we will start that segment next week. All right. With that, everybody, or with that said, everybody, have a great week. We will see you guys next week. Don't forget, next or tomorrow is Money Hungry with Kim and Zach for food delivery drivers, less mile and all that good stuff. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.